Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 369, recorded on March 31st, 2022. On tonight's episode, we talk about, uh, we talk each other down from this week's disappointing news. We talk serious about things affecting our gaming choices. And we got a ton, a poke-a-ton of Robo Jesse. Jesse, you know what to do. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here, Nintendo Dads, episode 369. It's March 31st. Can you already believe that we are through a third of the year or a fourth of the year? Sorry. See, that uh, I don't even know what day it is, uh, but uh, I'm just happy to be here at this point. Just happy to be here. March 31st, 2022. Yep. Uh, it's still 2022. Uh, joining me on the show tonight to talk about all things Nintendo and beyond uh our our usual cast of characters uh justin masson how are you sir i i am well you threw to me first i was completely unprepared for yeah, that yeah um, i i I'd did like that to... because you were unprepared i know right i was i was looking to get stuff ready and you're like no i'll throw to him uh i'd like to bring gentlemen a quorum together the four of us i have a concern um i believe robo jesse is is getting too powerful do you know what I'm saying? Like, he is becoming too sentient. He is bringing way too much energy to the show. I think we have to unplug him. I'm afraid if we don't do it now, he will ultimately rule us all. There's people in the chat calling for him to do the intro. <laughs> Dang, they want Robo Jesse to take my job, huh? Yeah, Man, so now he's gone from taking over Pokemon to taking over your job. What's next? Dang, What's Sean. Next? Sean's know, mean. Man. He just is comes that Sean in Capri here. from the Xbox Sean in here is saying he wants Robo Jesse to take my job. I, uh, Sean's hitting hard, eh? Hitting man. hard. Yeah. Hey Tim, while I'm here, we're gonna do some like back back behind the scene curtain stuff we didn't do beforehand. Tim, Timothy off. I have three Nintendo Switch codes to give away that I'd like to do in the Twitch chat today okay. for the game Super Cyborg. Oh yeah, today. Super Cyborg. We we're gonna talk about that later. Codes that uh, we're gonna give away. Can you figure out how we do that in Twitch, or keep me honest so that we do that and randomly select people? I don't care. How about we two do this? EU codes, about, one North American code? How about we do this? How about uh, three Twitch subs? There you go. What happens when we get no Twitch subs? Well, then we give them. We don't give them well, away right now. That's not very nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm doing I, well. Listen, Thanks for asking. I, I'm not in a benevolent mood tonight. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of not being because in a benevolent we're all mood tonight, uh, the man who is full of cookies, but also uh, full of beard, Tim Hall. <laughs> How's it's it just, going? Th- you're, you're, it's just becoming more majestic by the week. I know. I'm trying to get to Seth levels of beard, you know, from All In podcast. You know, are you are you his. just going to let it go, or is it just going to keep going? I don't know. It just it depends. I'm just going with. Right now, I'm not bothered by it. It's all good. Um, letting it grow out. You know, I get a trim every now and then, so <laughs> it's. You know, I'm letting it go until it it's annoying, or until my wife <laughs> says it's annoying to her. <laughs> That's fair but enough. I besides mean, the beard, really. I have to point this out because I want to make sure it's noticed. But do you see what I'm wearing right now on my head? Oh, check his hat out. So I sprung and because of what uh, our friends at Nintendo Pals did, they got uh, is that, is it actually embroidered. 
embroidered hat. Nice. And so I went to the same place they did and got a Nintendo dad's embroidered hat. Well, so just to try it out and it turned out beautifully. I must wow, say. Wow, that is so that is that is sharp. So, I'm going to have to I might play with one more design because I couldn't get the regular full design on there. Yeah. Cuz it would have been too small the yeah. way that it sits, but the way this goes, I think I might do this same here and do our uh four outlines nice next, you know oh, two I on like each that. side yeah. Yeah, i yeah. like it now i'd and, say i'd say head over to redbubble.com and our merch shop where you get the stuff but uh you can't did not and, come uh, from there <laughs> and redbubble yeah. you know what you did you're on the list but you know if you do want a hat like this hit me Gosh. up in the dms i bet you we would only charge you like a 75 percent markup you know like that's our <laughs> business model so 75 percent yeah yeah but if yes. you're a patron 74 mm, percent yeah you get that one percent <laughs> discount uh, like i said hit me up in the dm and we'll figure it out so yep and uh also speaking of sliding into your dms uh jesse waldack how's it going pretty good it's been a busy week for me i have a daughter in from out of town i had to pick her up from the airport yesterday we run a few errands and then while we were out we took a swing by crumble cookie and had her experience that and she loved it you know, crum- Crumble Cookie has a cookie this week that has honeycomb in it, and, and it's like good. real honeycomb. And wow. I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of afraid of that, but I'm also kind of intrigued. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is, it is different. She, she, she said the same thing I said when I was first there. She liked how you know, order it in a little iPad kiosk thing. When she goes, you only get to pick six things. I'm like, uh, they rotate things around all the time, and and everything's fresh. And in fact, mm. I had it. I was still paying for it. They were already preparing the box, and I put her name in it. Snappy. And then, and then, like literally, I turned around after paying for it. They called her name, and she goes, "Well, that can't be me. You just finished." I'm like, "No, that's us." Yep. And then she I also the box is oh, it's so warm. Yeah. I also want to say this uh, also um, to our wonderful community. Uh, this weekend, something magical happened, um, and a. Um, sp- crumble cookie sponsorship ran through the Nintendo dads community of talking about how crumble cookie should sponsor Nintendo dads. You guys should connect it. Ladies and gentlemen, I can confirm that crumble cookie is in our DMS. That's all I'm going to say right now. More to come, <laughs> more to come, but crumble cookie and the Nintendo dads are having a conversation. Is there a crumble cookie with Nintendo dads logo coming? I don't know. There could be. It could be, but it. that's because of our amazing community and the sponsorship. Most so if you look at that and say, what the hell is it? Yeah. If you love <laughs> crumble cookie, thank you for your support. Yep. Well, we'll tell you more later. Speaking and of that, community, thanks to the Nintendo pals for rating us too, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. So. And that my friends, ladies and gentlemen, is how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> wow. 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 30 seconds at least. Uh, we got a lot to talk about on the show tonight, including the delay, the huge delay, uh, huge news of the delay. A Breath of the Wild 2, still not to be named. Lots of Nintendo Switch online news. Uh, PlayStation Plus, yeah, we're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So let's dive straight into it, shall we? And of course, our news is brought to us each and every week by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. 
where for as little as a dollar a month, you can become part of our community, get access to exclusive monthly mayhem playthroughs, all kinds of sub channels you don't even know exist. For $5, you get the full slate of weirdness. For $10, you get in uh, with uh, the pre and post show audio, where, by the way, in the pre-show this week, I blabbed a huge secret. Sorry. Uh, And then uh, you also get art cards. And then for $30, you get to be on the show. Yeah. Yeah. We kick Justin out. You show up. What did I, 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 I was late to the pre-show. Yeah, what did so you? we're just going to move on. We're just going to move on <laughs> here uh, and we're going to get right into the headlines. So head over oh, to patreon.com um, backslash Nintendo dads, where you can be part of all of this. And, and, and then we could say, guess what we could say when it goes off the rails like this, you could say that I did that. It's my fault. I, I pay for that. <laughs> uh, I also want to say one other thing. As I teased on Twitter today, stay till the end of the show because we have got a big, huge announcement about yeah. next week's guest, uh, yeah. which you are definitely going to be very interested yeah. in. But that, that was Jesse, the secret that he Jesse. mentioned. Oh, that, that was the thing he's Jesse, okay. Jesse, you're right. fired. Robo Jesse is now permanently in your spot. You're on the list. All right, let's move on to the headlines. Uh, he said the list. Headlines. I love it. I love the it. List. Uh, let's talk about what's <laughs> happened. I start trying to get into the news and Justin's beeping and there's noise going everywhere. Tim's laughing. Come on. Because of the list. I had to write them. It's the list. It's, this is, it's the list of things that are first good. person that gives us a Twitch sub gets a free game. All right. Just Twitch sub us and you're going to get a game right now. All right. Just do yep. that. Do it. Do it. Here we go. Uh, of course, the biggest news of the week is that Nintendo took to uh, social media earlier this week to announce that Breath of the Wild 2 is now delayed until spring 2023. They also used this opportunity to show about five to ten seconds of new footage uh, of Breath of the Wild, including the fact that Link got a haircut and the Master Sword is now broken and everything sucks. So, uh, gentlemen, let's let's talk about this for a minute. On a scale of one to, of course I am, how disappointed are you with the delay? Seven. Kind of been actually in the middle, yeah. Because I, yeah, disappointed about the delay, but we we know yeah, we know Nintendo that normally is a good thing. You yeah, know, look, at, look at Animal Crossing. Yeah, I I mean, here's the thing: is I I am disappointed. I'd love to be playing it, but I also like eh, it's just another couple six months. Right. And, and here's the thing. The last time it was well worth the wait. Um, so, you know, just you another go. couple, six months, just, yeah, yeah. just another it's year, just, just another couple, six another months. year. Or, I guess. Yeah. Six months. I guess Snack it network gets a code snack network. Oh. Love it. Uh, so. So here's the thing. I was going to uh, say you, I was disappointed, but I can't say I'm disappointed because. I still have to play and finish the first game. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and you, like, know, you know what I think is really the, the, like the, the winning news about this is all the people who are now going to go back and replay Breath of the Wild for the first, again to, to refresh yeah. themselves because they know. I thought you were going to say all the people who were saying it's because of Tim, the reason why we don't have Breath of the Wild too. No, no, I don't think it's your <laughs> fault. Um, uh, if anything, it's, it's Robo Jesse's fault. Um, but Here's the deal. <laughs> this is terrible news. <laughs> There's no way around it. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people. Um, in fact, a friend of mine that I rarely speak to about video games. Um, 
about a about three weeks ago, he and I were were chatting uh, in a group chat with another friend, and he asked, he's like, "Is Breath of the Wild two coming this year?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, it's supposed to." I mean, like the like the head of IGN said it's coming this year, and you know they're they're head down working on it. And he, his comment was, "I'll believe it when I see it." And I was like, "No, no, I really do think it's coming this year." And he's like, "No, I'll believe it when I see it." So I had to apologize, like text him the other day. I was like, "Well, you were right." Um, <laughs> and he's one of those guys that has a switch. And he has like maybe five games and Breath of the Wild is one of them. And he was, he was super looking forward to this. So I feel sorry for him, but you know, the blah, 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 the Miyamoto quote about a bad game and a good game and a delayed game and blah, all that stuff. Right. I get that. I I believe that, but uh, this leaves, uh, um, we, we all surmised here, I think on the show that this was going to be like the sales driver game for the end of the year, like it was going to be the November game or the early December game. This is the reason to buy the switch at black Friday time. It's breath of the wild two mania and everything. We're going to sell two twenty-two 22 billion switches uh, and all that. Uh, well, during the predictions you, I think it was you and Justin were saying that, you know, one prediction was Nintendo is E3. will focus on breath of the wild two. That was probably the other one was breath of the wild two will be released in November. Yeah. And majority of our community also agreed with you because we had votes on, you know, how much did the community agree with each of one of our predictions when we did the prediction show and 18 said yes. And six said no to the E3 thing. And then we'll get to that said here yes. 14 said yes. And six said no to the game being released in November. Okay. So everybody was on board with you guys uh, in regards to Here, here's the crazy coming out thing this year. Though, is is the is the big holiday game now Pokemon? Nope. I think there's something else coming. Oh yeah, they're gonna fill the gap. With it's a me, Mario. Do, I predicted that. Do, 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 do. That listen. In fact, listen. All right, listen, you all sit back here at armchair quarterback, this whole thing. All right, right? come on. Come on, business, Justin. Come on out. All right, here we go. Now, now listen, well, if you want true well, business, can, Justin, go ahead. Before Justin, you go there, you go. can you call it armchair quarterbacking when I put my money where my mouth was when I did the the video game draft for Fantasy Critic and said there was going to be an unnamed, an unannounced Mario game this fall? <laughs> I think I might like Robo Jesse more than I like you. <laughs> All right, here's the deal. So first and foremost, I was on the uh, Nintendo Drive with uh, Sean Capri earlier this week when this news announced and broke. Uh, Hashtag and here, here was my commentary around this. Um, first, from a business perspective, this absolutely makes sense that he had uh, that Nintendo had to get out before the end of the fiscal year to tell them this game was delayed. Makes mm-hmm. sense. This game will now show up in the May and, um, financial report as being part of the 2023-2024 report so that they know where their revenue is coming from, what's in the pipeline. So they had to get the messaging out, right? They were going to get the questions from the investors, so they had to adjust that early. I believe so before the end of this fiscal year, which correct. Yes. Yes. But, but it would show up on the investors report, which would be in May. That's right. the important part. That's when they begin phone calls about like, hello, when's breath of the wild coming on to be like, Oh, we can't say anything. No, you're supposed to be showing up this year. You got to say something. So they had to get it out there from business perspective, let the stockholders know what we're going on and prepare them for the next year. This, I don't think has any impact in regards to Nintendo's like stock prices or, or financial strength. They have a banger of a year listed anyways. 
what it does do actually is it actually begins to 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 move what was a already crowded potential 2022 year into a 2023 year and distribute some of that. I believe that we at E3 are going to see the next 3D Mario game revealed. Um, I believe it's going to coincide very nicely with a movie that's coming out in December. And it's going to be like either Mario Odyssey 2. It's going to be like something in regards to kind of like the Bowser's Fury, not necessarily a sequel to that, but the same methodology, say, you know, kind of what they did there or Galaxy 3, whatever the heck you want to call it. But Nintendo is going to have a banger in that slot. And that's where their E3 time is going to be dedicated. If only there was an E3. Right. And like I said, we'll get to that here uh, in just a moment. Justin, what do you make about the rumblings of a Donkey Kong 3D game uh, that could possibly? Yeah. Great question. Uh, Marty Estes from Nintendo Dads. Great, great, great question. Thank you. Uh, I want it. Damn right. I want it. It better be there. Um, it's about time. And it's one of the greatest franchises ever made. You know, uh, so that's Kong's all we need. To last uh, last console game was Tropical Freeze. Redone yeah. for the Switch. So yeah. I, I need another one. It's about time. It's about time. That it's time. Uh, we were hearing rumblings of a 3D Donkey Kong last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. that didn't materialize, but uh, it could be that. I um, don't think that's their holiday game. It, Donkey Kong, as much as I want to, as much as it hurts me to say, does not have that kind of clout. N- not anymore. No, no. It, it has fallen into what Fire Emblem kind of used to be. Like it, it's known, but not, not as known. I mean, there's. And, and it's a, I'm it's not an saying that to, I'm not saying that to like troll people or to be a jerk. I'm just saying it's it, it's moved from like what could have been once considered an A tier when Donkey Kong Country was around yeah, and was a thing to a B maybe C tier. Shut your mouth. There, there's not a. I don't enjoy saying that, Justin. I'm just I, saying it's nope. there. They're not putting oh. the importance on it. Okay, they're just so, not. Um, Justin, I think it was you who predicted that there would be a Donkey Kong game announced in 2022. Um, and 13 people agreed with you and nine people said no. Hmm. It was nine people? Wrong. They're dead to you. <laughs> They're on the list. Yeah, give me, right give me their names. People. Give me their names. I'm going to block um, them on Twitter. We're going to we're going to tie them out in Twitch. Qu- question here um, for you uh, uh, regarding this. Uh, the rumor is also flying once again of Metroid Prime Trilogy or the Metroid Prime Remaster that would be in the slot as well. What do you what what do you think about that? I, I haven't heard it as much as Donkey Kong 3D, but right. it's there. Yeah, I'm on board with the Prime Remaster. Uh, initially, I thought it'd be cool if we got the trilogy package, but uh, I think a Prime Remaster makes sense because of how much work they probably would have to do. And it would, I think it would fit in time wise, as far as getting that game out and preparing people for four. Um, and even still, if they wanted to do a release every year, they could push prime four further out until it was ready. So they could do like a prime remaster one this year, a prime remaster for echoes next year. And then the corruption uh, for prime three and prime four comes out on switch pro or two, Some, whatever it, it whatever would come out on both right, systems. In <laughs> for switch. So yeah, 2020 this year, 2022, then 2023, then 2024 for the three games. And then 2025 for Metroid prime four. 
Wow. See, the, 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 I, I, here's the thing. I, I like I love it. it. it I, love the, I love that you dream. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to dream, dream big. You know, I, hey, love I your dream energy. like you, you know, dreaming about your Donkey Kong game. So I got to you know, I will same. stab you in your embroidered hat. <laughs> I will murder you with a crumble. Wow. Tim, the hat is Tim's weak point. Uh, <laughs> um, also, Ninfrendo in the chat says uh, B for banana Donkey Kong. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, like that. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Just not um, a C tier. So let's look across the rest of the year and, and talk about what we know is coming. Uh, I think that's, that's easy to do. We know we have Xenoblade. We know we have Splatoon 3, mm-hmm. both of which have been said will release in 2022. Uh, we also have, and I had forgotten about this one until somebody brought it up to me on, on Twitter the other day, Mario, and Rab, uh, yeah. Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope uh, is also supposed to be this year, but uh, it's – it's kind of weird because it's been such a long time since we've heard anything about that. Mm. Uh, right? I, yeah, 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 maybe no. Last year, E3, we heard about it. Here's what's going to happen. Splatoon 3 is going into July. Why? Because that's where Splatoon 2 went. And it logically mm-hmm. makes sense. It is such a summer game, right? Short, sun's out, guns out, right? I mean, it's all makes sense for Splatoon. So look Don't for July sports, to be Splatoon. Yeah, but Switch Sports is coming up soon. But right. here's what's going to be. And in August is going to be Mario and Rabbids. Uh, why? Because that's where Mario and Rabbids was in 2017. <clears throat> so well, don't forget we've got Mario Strikers in June. As June well. is Mario Strikers, correct? May right now there's nothing, but I would argue well, that um, also, also that, remember Mario and Rabbids is not a Nintendo published game. It's oh, I recognize that, but they have so much IP invested in it that they that they don't want to jam right. up an area. That's right. going to show up in August. September is going to be Xenoblade. December on, we have no clue about, and that's the story Nintendo is going to tell at an E3 slash Direct in June. We also have a Bayonetta yeah. out there somewhere. Who cares? Bayonetta is supposed to launch this year. So here's the thing. It seems that their their offerings, if you take Splatoon and Bayonetta out to the side, um, are are the things that we know are pretty RPG and tactics heavy. Uh, I looked through those those titles and outside of Splatoon, once we get past June, outside of Splatoon, there's not really anything that I personally am excited about. So I'm holding out hope for something like a Donkey Kong, something like a Mario, something like, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the rabbits game. That's fine. But I, I just think it's kind of unfortunate because also somewhere in there, hopefully if the world, you know, doesn't unwind and this conflict in Ukraine gets done, Advance war slots back in there somewhere. Uh, yes. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, that was one of the games this year I was really looking forward to. Um, and, and, you know, the news about breath of the wild too, uh, actually it disappointed me more than I thought it would. I guess I realized mm-hmm. I was looking, actually looking forward to it more than I thought I was. Uh, I've been holding off on a replay of breath of the wild for this reason. I was like, I don't think I have enough time between, you know, now and whenever that releases. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what Nintendo does come June. And this helps us transition into our next uh, point of news here that uh, E3, as we know it, both as a physical and digital event will not happen in 2022. It was announced uh, earlier this afternoon. 
I will remember you. <laughs> will you remember me? <laughs> Don't let your heart. Oh my gosh, my ears. Oh my gosh. That hurt. <laughs> For the memories. Yeah, you didn't know the words, did you? No, I, I was really not expecting the do 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 because then I had to keep going. And I was like, well, oh, wait, please you, don't, please you, don't. Expect the unexpected. Uh, who didn't see this one coming? Yeah. But, uh, but I want to say on one hand, I raise my hand, and I say, who didn't see this one coming? But on the other hand, who really think, who is really excited that it's not happening? I'm not. No, I mean, I mean, it sucks it, that it's yeah, that it's gone. This is this excited is excited exactly. that it's not happening. Yeah, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to yuck over someone's yum? Right? Like, like, uh, come on. I don't know. Just... Yeah, it's uh, we talked about this before too about um how scattered everything was before when E3 didn't have their show and it, how much somebody needs to step up. And get everybody together. It doesn't have to be everybody do like Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, and everybody do the show, you know, all around the same time, like E3 over a weekend or something. It just has to be like, let's take this week or two and make it a gaming party, you know, in the summer. Yeah. And, and I think in some ways it's like, here's the comment I would say is like, now that Jeff Keeley's kind of like, hey, by the way, that we've got this, like, I mean, we're ready. We've got our summer thing. All right, Keely, show us what you got. Yeah, because now it's E3, time to step up. Yeah, you know, you you you've been you've been writing checks, Keely. You better start right. cashing those checks. Here's um, the thing, and I believe I, I believe if there's somebody in the industry that can do it, Jeff can. But I don't like he, he the E3 is such a. I like how E3 is condensed into the week. Right, you get it through the week. Yes, we get the you know show the um presentations over the weekend that we usually got and it's like bam 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 but i do like the idea of a little bit more spread out so you can you know soak it all in but i don't like how the summer fest uh, is all summer long like okay you, you get a few things at the beginning during the kickoff but then there's this coming at the end of june and then there's that coming in july and then oh don't forget this in august and it's like, no, let's have one big, huge event surrounding, you know, us enjoying gaming, you know, make it a gamer event in June like we are all used to. And um, let's make let's have fun with it. Well, I was noticing earlier a tweet from Luke Plunkett, who's a senior writer at Kotaku. And he said this for all E3's flaws, and they were many. Folks in these replies celebrating its demise and quote unquote replacement by a show that is pure unfiltered advertisement is dystopian. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in response to that, a a writer from comic book or at comic book, Kate Onder, who I see tweets from pretty frequently. uh, He said, I get Keeley's ad stuff is far more in your face at home, but E3 was still very ad heavy. And this is his, his his experience from E3 2019. He says, when I went in 2019, a bunch of models ambushed me in a comical fashion and were like, do you want to try a bang? And proceeded to hand me a bang energy drink while asking me to chug it on the spot. 
He says E3 is wild, bro. And then followed it up by saying Kiwi's version just makes it far more obvious, but E3 already had stuff like this. Well, There's a giant TikTok booth in 2019, all sorts of booths or other random things. I don't think it's that different, but there is a difference. It's just not that pronounced. I think I think the difference here is and so first and foremost, ladies and gentlemen. We literally sit around and watch for 45 minutes Nintendo's giant ad. Right? All, all of E3 is an advertisement. Oh, sure. Right? The whole damn thing is. The whole beast is an advertisement for the next game, the next console, the next subscription. It's all an ad. Right? But we're okay to play that game. We understand it. Right? Um, we understand the institution that is E3 and why it's a critical mecca for our, that- for our people to come to. That's the game we want to play. That's exactly what I, you know, and, and, and so, and I mean, you know, ad, listen, ads pay for things. We recognize that. I'm looking at you, Manscaped and Gooder, right? We understand that, right? We're part of the problem as well. But, but here's the deal. At least we all understood what E3 was, which was, hey, it's like seven to 10 days. Y'all going to show up here. Y'all going to party. It's a moment for all of us to come together um, as opposed to kind of a, a, a dis, you know, truncated conversation over the entire summer. Um, imagine, I, I was going to say, I, imagine the end of this summer if it's been eight weeks of straight anticipation of announcements. Yeah. How yeah. how grating that is. Yeah. Because at least during E3 week, there was a level of hype that was acceptable mm-hmm. to have. And it's like, okay, we know we're going to get an Xbox, and we know today we're getting Ubisoft, and tomorrow we're getting Nintendo, and then it's play, you know, PlayStation, and then and then EA, and, and like you knew when all these things were going to hit, and it was going to be boom, 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 boom. And then by Thursday, we're sitting here on the podcast and we're talking about all of it. But I'm, now it's like, like, what if, what if, I mean, if, you know, some people just want to watch the world burn, right? What if Nintendo's whole strategy this summer is like, you know what, bro, we're just going to tweet about it. <laughs> we're just going to drop random they, tweets. Well, I, here's, 2020. here's, here's the thing that I'm, that I'm struggling with. Um, and I didn't, I didn't take a look at the full read from me, from E3. So folks, this is going to sound, this is going to sound like a jerk statement. I understand maybe not having the booth space, the arena. I kind of get that, right? That's still, we're still living in a post-COVID world. There's costs. I get all that stuff, right? Is, is not having a digital event costly? Because weren't we charging companies before? Or did all the companies be like, why are we charging you? Right? So, like, like what is, so, like. It's more I, like, I why are you charging me for this? Because I Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, right? So, so I, I want I I to understand the business model that E3 was like, yeah, this isn't going to work because last year you did a digital event. It seemed to work is the fact that like everyone was like, listen, I could pay you hundred thousand bucks or I can just go to YouTube and drop the video we just published for 50,000 and we're good here. Right. Is that, is that the problem? Like, and I don't know, like were people, were we, were people not going to the online E3 merch store to help subsidize costs and buy banners and t-shirts and all that BS. I think some of it too has to go with, uh, what what they were trying to do right so yeah there was that they were charging too much for what they were doing and i don't know what the just by reading what's going on with e3 and what i consider what i thought was supposed to be the thing that goes on because i'm used to the auto show so i'm stumbling a little bit because i'm trying to make sure i i know i don't know everything behind all those things but for me the auto show here in the motor city is our opportunity to go if you're in the market to buy a car 
or you are thinking about buying the next big thing, you go to the auto show to see what that is. Or if you're into cars, you go to the auto show because you're going to go see what that company is going to be bringing out in the next year, two years, five years, 10 years, because they have also their, you know, prototypes and stuff. So I equated that to E3 where it was E3 for the video game industry was the auto show for the video game industry. So it was the way for the video game industry to show off what was coming, what's, you know, what fans could look forward to, what magazines can write about, what the stores can sell, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought that could still be done beyond E3, whether it's Jeff Keeley or IGN or whoever, where it's a all of these companies are coming together to show us, the consumers, hey, this is what you got to look forward to in the next coming year, two years, five years, whatever. Uh, and that's what I don't understand is why can't that still be done, but without charging, I mean, I understand why E3 was charging so much money because they were trying to keep their ESA, uh, or whatever that acronym is for their, um, yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's, that's basically the ESA's big fundraiser for the year. Right. There's gotta be another way to do it where there's a way to monetize it. So they get their money but also be able to, for us to get that show, if you will. I, I, I just want to, I think this is not going to be good for the industry in, in the long run. I mean, I've, we have sat here and complained before about E3 and I know other people have too, but I, it's almost like we complained about it, but we knew that there were parts of it that were good. And the good parts were uh, being able to, for indies to be able to have the spotlight for, uh, you know, journalists to, to level up their game and, and to actually have a place to practice their craft and make connections and things. And that's, I know well, that because, digitally that's not the same. Well, we complained because we wanted to make it better, not make sure. it go away. And now it's just going away. Right. It's like all or nothing. And that's what's ridiculous. Why can't we well, you know, I think, come together I think as an industry to, co- to create something? I, it was either you or Justin that said this, but legitimately, I think that uh, the, the big writing on the wall moment for this was when someone other than Nintendo said, we'll just do it digitally. It, whether it was PlayStation or whatever, because it was like companies saying, wait, we have our own, pl- we have our own YouTube channel. We have right. our own means of production. Oh, yeah. Why are we paying them to do do what we could do on our own? Right. There's different ways of doing it. And that's the other thing, too, that I understand, you know, that Nintendo can do can release whenever they feel it's the right time to release their information. Same with PlayStation, same with same with Xbox. But there's still something to be said about doing it in that one week, that one week or two, just what like I the auto show does. See, what I would love you know, to see is, you know, a few years ago. Uh, on stage at E3, we had Phil Spencer, and we had uh, was it Jim Ryan and and Reggie Fizami yeah. all on stage at the same time, talking about how uh, competition or not you know whatever friendly competition makes everything better, uh, it helps them level up their game and how they're committed to the future of gaming. What I would r- really love to see is the big three come together in the in the wake of this and say you know what. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to schedule all of our big presentations the same week. We're, we're going to yes. organize this. And they we're going have to, do to this be the lead. Yes. For the game industry. It can't like, it's not going to be like some outlier 
over here, like Devolver Digital saying, hey, guys, let's come in here and do it on this week. Uh, you know, it, it may not even well, be like it may not even be able to be done by somebody like E3 or Ubisoft. It needs no, I, to be your bigger big movers and shakers saying we think this week's important. Let's come together. Yeah, so there's a couple things to parsec there. I think like the the big ones, the the big shows, right? Microsoft, Xbox, Ubisoft, the big the big the big dogs. They got their own platform. They got their own channel. They're great. And Andros uh, from the Nintendo Pals in the comments say here. I think the small publisher developer hurts the most from this because they're not they were in with the big ones and could get more eyes on their own. This is the this is absolutely correct. Now, smaller games or publishers that would rely in those vehicles or spaces now need to find a way in. But I would actually argue that this actually may provide them more space as opposed to being a very condensed amount of time where things might get lost. This could be a hey, here's a, a an indie event from the mix. On a Saturday, right, where there's different eyes and it's not taking up mind share or space from Nintendo or some of the other consoles. How do you get into a Nintendo Direct? How do you get onto like the uh, kind of funny showcase, right? So there's a lot of these other smaller ones. But it, but now that the calendar is not 10 days and it might be two months, it actually might create more space for smaller developers to band together to actually get their content shown or multi-shown in different locations and not be missed because of everything else that's going on. Yeah. So it may be better for smaller developers. There may not be as big of a cost. It's kind of a small, a tight balance that they're going to have to figure out. I think they could still do that though, too, what your plan is, but again, not over three months. I don't think, I think yeah. it needs to be more condensed to where I think time can be given to the big dogs one week like the big three we were talking about there. Uh, and then maybe even steam, if you want to count them in there as the fourth one for PC side, but then, then a the following week, then there will concentrate on the big publishers like EA and Ubisoft and all them. And then the following week there, then we start talking about the bigger indie developers. And then following that, the, after that, then you could have the, um, the groups that come together to, give the smaller indies and a platform uh, like gorilla something or another um, gorilla collective. Thank you. And, uh, and those other things type, those type of things so that they have a platform as well during that fourth week. So yeah. I think if they staggered it over a month, let's say, or even maybe 45 days at the most, I, I think it would be best. And, but that's the, the thing I'm trying to get at is a plan. Yeah, Not I don't just all scattered over three months of like, here's this, I, here's that. No I don't know that. if we're going to see much difference. So what I mean by that is like Nintendo, I bet you is going to still have a direct probably pretty close that week. I bet you PlayStation will have some kind of state of play somewhere around that week. I bet you Microsoft will probably have something sort of around that week. Same with Ubisoft, right? Like they've got all these big platforms that they're that they're already getting ready for. That's part of their marketing push for the next quarter. So they've got the content. So it's good. So they make it on the phone call be like, hey, are you going on Tuesday? Okay, we'll go on Wednesday, right? Like that may be the difference, but I bet you, like, like really, these things can exist without E three to I'm tie them all together. Agree. There, there is, there, I, I, we turn on. There is only one man who can save us in this moment, and that is we need to turn on the grub signal. And oh, yes. Jeff Grub's summer game, summer mess, game mess becomes. Yeah. I just love the name. Summer game mess becomes so that there's not a real mess. Jeff Grubb, if you're out there, you hear this. I know you're watching Jeff Grubb. Calling on you. Mm -hmm. to, to, this is this is your moment to ascend this to the This is your moment to sign. Right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so basically no E3 this summer. Uh, we'll have to wait around and see what happens. Um, and Frendo in the Should chat, I, I will say this. He says, 
uh, back to Space World and CES. I think CES for video games is a terrible idea at this point. Consumer Electronics Show was already dying before this. Uh, Gentlemen, it, just I, I have an idea. Oh, We're excited to announce live on the show. Nintendo Dads will be will be supporting any indie developer that wants to have their own direct. We'll call it the <laughs> Nintendo Dads Direct. And you've got to show your game here. Come on over, and I won't charge you much. <laughs> I love how you say I won't charge you much. Yeah, it's just a Twitch subscription. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we start getting some developers coming knocking on your I, door, we can we can have like a. We just have a live sit down session where people just pop in and talk about Fire, the game. A little fireside chat. I love it. Yeah, it like pop in, show their game off. Uh, they can share the screen, show their game. Yep. Talk about it. Give me the YouTube questions. link. Jesse yeah, and Barry I have been does. through this. Get, get, yeah. Impact Gaming does that. Uh, yeah. Does yeah okay. So we're totally. And what Barry help us out on the UK game. side of things. Yeah, yeah, we're totally. Oh, I'm totally stealing his gig for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's 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 fine. We'll do the um, North American side. He can do the UK yeah, side. Like yeah, there you go. There you go. Right. Uh, a couple other news uh, items here we want to talk about. Uh, by now, if you have uh, opened them up, you know that Nintendo Switch Online, both the NES and the SNES apps, have been updated as of Wednesday of this week. Uh, new games added. Just this dropped just, with no warning, just yeah, done. Dropped with no warning. Now, some people started saying, uh, well, it might be getting some games this week. And then lo and behold, out of the heavens, the clouds parted, light shone down, and they have given us Earthworm Jim 2 on this on the SNES. But not I mean but, this. I'm not being sarcastic. Oh, right. But I was saying what the what what made people think games might be coming. The system was going down for maintenance. That's usually ah. a sign. Yeah. So uh, if you haven't played Earthworm Jim 2, now's your chance. It's fantastic. Is Earthworm uh, Jim 1 out on the no. system? No. No. But, okay. but uh, that's not right. Uh, unless you're playing the Japanese region one, then they got Harvest Moon instead. I think yeah, it's because it's on a collection. I think, was, was it the Genesis collection? No, it's not the on the Genesis Earth, collection. The Earthworm Jim? Nope. Okay. Earthworm Jim was it was a game classic. along the times of Donkey Kong. So Country. here's here's kind of what I think it is. I think that Earthworm Jim, uh, the original, is tied up with Interplay games. Oh yeah, and it's right. it moved. The second one came out on Shiny Entertainment, so they were able to, uh, you know, those it's a lot of those those games in those days are in licensing hell. Uh, anyway, uh, also Dig Dug 2 launched on the NES, which we don't have Dig Dug either. So there you go. And uh, Mappy Land, who, you know, all of five people played on the NES back in the day. I was one of them. I remember this game. Uh, I was one of the five people who played Dig Dug 2. Oh, well, <laughs> there we go. So we have a collective here uh, in this room uh, on that. Also, uh, out of the blue, brand new SP editions, which have not launched in a long time. Uh, on these apps, uh, Super Punch-Out Champion Edition, which allows you to go to the special circuit immediately, and also Super Mario World, uh, which gives the world a whole new look. It's it's the fall theme. So basically what this is, is it's the theme that gets applied to the world map and enemy uh, sprites if you beat the uh, special road, uh, all the stages there uh, by getting all the stars and you know the star road and things. So yeah, road at night. pretty cool. Woo, it's pretty cool. So you should go check night. that out. Uh, it's there. Uh, I didn't even know. Like I opened up my. This should tell you something. 
I opened up my SNES app and five new games were waiting for me. Only three were released yesterday. So that there you go. I haven't uh, even gotten that far. I got that most of that information off of Game Explains video. Well, there you go. Um, Justin also brought uh, to our attention that we did not uh, have this in our notes, but it's pretty significant that uh, when Fortnite Chapter 3 Season 2 launched, it launched with no build mode, the build building being taken away by the imagined order uh, and the nefarious Professor Sloan. No build mode will now be a permanent mode in Fortnite. Thank God. I yeah, am. I asked, this I is asked, awesome. I asked my son about this because he, he's normally pretty good at the building. And he said he liked it without needing the build. But, so it yeah, change, I, changes your defense structure, but yes, uh, it does, and it now has overshields <clears throat> and um, mantling, mantling and sprinting that was yes. not there before. So it's basically Apex Legends, but with that, uh, that is a hundred percent correct. So a couple of things here. I mean, I think so I think the first no, thing I think no more resource collecting then, or do you still have no more there? resource collecting? So, you can still chop so things down, just doesn't build a resource. Used to in um in the, the world, if you found a campfire, you had to pay a certain amount of wood yes. resource to be able to light the fire and use it to regain health. Now, if you're playing the no the no build mode and you find a campfire, you just use it for free. Yeah, I, I was actually shocked. I was playing a couple of days ago. I was like, I need a I need a uh need a fire. And I was like, I guess I'll start this. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna need to restoke the fire. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't have uh wood hmm that's interesting uh yeah i think this is an interesting move i thought you know obviously epic heard great response from this here's the other thing think about this the fan base of fortnite is so big that epic can literally say you can choose which one of these modes you want which one is more comfortable for you and you always get into a game and you always get into a game the queues are very short here's the other thing taking away the, the first day apparently yeah, taking away the building component of it actually makes it much more approachable, right? Where you can now look at building as being the next advancement of the game. You want to make it more challenging, you add building. Now, here's the other thing. It does align a lot more closely to something like Apex Legends. You have definitely seen some stolen or borrowed ideas between the two. Apex had a no. reboot, reboot, respawn uh, icon. Um, shortly after release, Fortnite introduced the reboot van. Uh, now in a, in Fortnite you have the the sliding very very appropriate to Apex uh, the mantling and climbing up quick movement that's very similar to Apex and as a matter of fact it was recently discovered that or data mine that they'll be bringing in a reboot um, kind of like um, icon or or device that you a mobile reboot van which is Ooh. something that Apex Legends also has so they're stealing yeah, and right. bending a lot from each other uh, interestingly enough maybe completely unrelated. Um, but on the Apex Legends side of the world this week, if you logged into Apex, uh, it is now available on your Xbox and your PlayStation 5, the new upgraded versions. But also somehow I jumped up 20 tiers in my battle pass on Apex Legends uh, this week. Maybe they're trying to encourage people to come back and play Apex. I don't know. Uh, but I thought it was really interesting. These ideas are becoming similar. I think Fortnite is killing it. I think they're going to continue to grow. Uh, but this is a very interesting, interesting move for sure. <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is reinvigorated. Like my son was was like ready to quit Fortnite, and he's pumped a, a ton of time into it and and money as well, which he's you know has 
like a lot of kids. But he was like, it's, it's just getting boring. It's getting old. There were a few seasons last chapter that he was not thrilled with uh, and were just kind of bland to him. And then they did the Spider-Man thing with season one. Mm-hmm. And then they did all these changes with season two. And I really think the like there's some other things they've done this season, I think, are pretty unique and, and really interesting. Uh, number one being the, the pickaxe that you can mm-hmm. like reprogram. Yeah. Uh, and do. And then uh, having Doctor Strange in and all those different things, uh, not to mention, I, I think it's just fantastic um, that the number one free to play game in the world that's also, you know, free to free to start. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. The number one game like that in the world decided uh, to take uh, three weeks and donate every bit of their profit to Ukraine relief. And yeah. they've raised one hundred million dollars. And they still have four days to go. Wow. Yep. So uh, like I believe I believe the commentary is that this makes them the largest company donation. Yeah. Uh, to support humanitarian aids in Ukraine. One hundred million dollars awesome. is the largest company. And it's a video game company. So when people are like video games are for kids. Video games don't matter. Really? It is the biggest, most money making yeah. entertainment industry available out there. I just, I just, this is such easy. an example. For, Fortnite for for a long time has been a really easy target as far as ridicule. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, after this, like man, who else has given a hundred million? I, who else said, you know what? Yeah, we'll forego profit I, yeah. I, for three it's, weeks. It's on everything. It's on everything. So you yeah. buy a battle pass, you buy a skin, you buy you buy tears, whatever you're buying. And that money is going straight into to giving them, uh, you know, aid. Mm-hmm. I say kudos to them. Uh, and I'm going to continue to play in no build mode uh, just because it's, it's fun. Like yeah. it, it does change your game. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it makes you a lot more like I, I feel like I have to be a lot more aggressive. Yep. Whereas before yes. I could just, you know, it's lazy, throw up a wall eh, and then I'll go around it and juke them out. Now it's like, okay, you got to sprint. You got to turn around. You got to find some place to hide. Um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, also on the docket tonight to talk about PlayStation Plus is going Game Pass. PlayStation announced earlier this week that uh, updates are incoming over the next year to uh, to PlayStation Plus as a, as a whole. Uh, and basically what it is is it splits PlayStation Plus into three tiers. Uh, on the essential tier, which is about $10 a month or $60 a year, it's the same as the current PlayStation Plus. You're still going to get free games every month. You're going to get access to online gaming, all that stuff. Um, <clears throat> Extra, which is the next tier up, which is $15 a month or $100 yearly, gets you the essentials plus 400, over 400, PS4 and PS5 games, first and third party, they are downloadable, so you don't have to have an internet connection to play these games. Now, the only distinctive here is that these uh, uh, Game Pass provides a lot of these games day and date with release. PlayStation will not do that. Jim Ryan says that's not feasible for them, which is horse crap. But anyway, uh, you can also upgrade to the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is $18 a month or $120 a year. You get the essentials, you get the extras, plus you also get PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games that are cloud or downloadable. 
and time-limited game trials. Y'all, it's getting ready to be expensive to subscribe to uh, game services. Well, it's the new cable. Already, if people who are already subscribed to PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, which were two separate subscriptions, each of which $60 annually, combining together, it's the $120 annual. That's what premium is. So to yep. them, really no change. But now, look, now it's $80 a year for a family pass to Nintendo Switch Online, $120 a year for PlayStation Plus premium. And is it $180 for Xbox Game Pass? They don't uh, sell that all annually. in. Huh? They don't sell annual passes to that. So. It, yeah, we well, can I'm do the much, math. Yeah, I'm, 15 I'm pretty much, times 12 is 180. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. So now we're looking at 260, uh, or 380, 300. almost $400 a year if you want to go all in, if you own all three systems and you want all of the online perks. perks. That's expensive. But on the other hand, look at like with, especially with, with Xbox, Saving money if there's first party, third party games that are day and date with them, maybe it balances out. Maybe if, yeah, if you're okay with playing games later, which in my case, I probably would be if I wasn't, if I wasn't going to buy them new, you know, if six months later I can play it for free, sure, I'll give that a try. Yeah, they don't have to be day and date. And someone in Mecha Dragon in our chat says, not including Luna, Luna and Stadia. Yeah. Well, if you have these three, why would you need Luna and Stadia? Exactly. Hey, hey, who knows, right? You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sean uh, Capri says, I've spent more than that on Switch games this year. Well, that's fair. Sean's got a problem. So, we talked about it on the Nintendo Drive. We're going to have a serious conversation about it. Um, let's talk Let's talk business, shall we? Let's talk go business. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is, the floor is yours. I Now, I am not a PlayStation owner. So I don't know if this floats my boat. So I'm going to ask somebody who here owns a PlayStation. Yes. Yes. All three of you uh, feel free to subscribe to Justin's format. looking to get a PlayStation fund. The next week. No. Um, gentlemen, does this matter to you? Like, is this, is this, is this better deal for you? Is this, are there things here that you like? Well, they haven't I announced like- any games yet. So it's hard to tell, but let me tell you what I did. So I, I just like I had with the original NSO, I got, there was a sale, so I bought, I bulk bought multiple years in advance. I had the same thing with PS Plus. So I'm, I'm like good for PS Plus for like, I think two or three years. I never signed on to now. So when this was first announced, uh, I saw, it, I think, Wario64's tweet. They said, oh yeah, and now is still available. So I'm like, here, let's, let, let's throw a monkey wrench into this, see what happens. I signed on for a year of now. So I know I have two separate subscriptions with two separate expiration dates. Let's see how let's see how this plays out. Let's see how this merch. <laughs> okay. Uh, next. I like the idea of the, the PS1, PS2, PS3 games being available. I also like that they're downloadable for people like me that don't have good internet yet. Uh, I don't like that it's $120 a year. Mm-hmm. When I'm already paying now for Game Pass and I'm now paying for Nintendo Switch Online Family Edition that's jacked up to $80, uh, which, I mean, it's quickly proving to, to be worth it, but 
at least to me. Yeah. But if, if if you are an Animal Crossing and or Mario Kart player, of which and I, eventually I Splatoon not. and Fire Emblem Warriors DLC, uh, yeah. it's coming. Trust of me. Which I'm not, and of which I'm not. <laughs> Here's my thing on this. What I don't like about it is, um, the same thing a lot of people don't like about what Nintendo's doing. They're locking access to their back catalog behind a subscription service. So whereas for PS3 and PS4, and even now on the PS5, you've been able to buy select games from the back catalog and download those, you know, for a minimal cost. Well, like says, Circle of the Moon. I'm looking says, at you. Yeah, during the PS3 era, yeah, you could buy these. But really, during the PS4 era, you couldn't. So those were so only still available through now. And, you know, unless you're someone has now, but not PS plus, I don't know who would do that, but <laughs> I, I'm I sure guess someone has, I guess it's like the completionist in me that doesn't like it because to be someone who has access to all of this, I have to go all in and that gets really expensive really but, quickly. Well, we're, that's- we're also facing other online services like Netflix and everyone else who are now suddenly saying, Hey, we're going to do the same thing we've always been doing, but we're going to charge you five, $6 more a month and not offer any more value. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things here. So first, I mean, video game companies understand the value now of uh, subscription models, right? And they have for a little bit, they've toyed with it for a little bit, but now they understand that and, and see where the value is. So they're going to continue to do this. Um, they give you three options here because they know that you, when you look at it at paper, understand that the value, they, the one they want you to purchase is the one with the most value, the highest value, the top one. They give you number three just as a sec, as another option. Nobody usually takes the other option. It's either the bottom or the top. The middle is just jam. Ain't nobody going to do that. They don't care. You're either going to pay less, you're going to pay more. Middle's BS, all right? Most likely, much like you, Marty, hey, I can justify those extra couple dollars because I get everything under the sun. So that's important. Here's the other thing I'm going to say from a business perspective. I'm sorry, PlayStation. If you do not come out with a Game Pass killer, which is we are now having God of War, you're now getting the last of us day and date, just like Game Pass. Get out of here. You're not doing it. Right. So you, either, you either show up or you shut up. And I don't think they showed up for this. I'm glad that they maybe streamlined things. I'm glad they added stuff together. But this is not the Game Pass killer that it needed to be in an area where subscription continues to run rampant in a video game industry that continues to grow and change. Now, as much as we make fun of things like Stadia, Luna, they understand this model from the hop and they're getting into it. We are going to continue to pay more and more money for our subscription because that is the way that the organization and the industry is going. Therefore, I am not shocked that they that, that this has occurred this price. But unfortunately... PlayStation is not getting on board. They need to get on board with you are going to get day and date, but that model doesn't work for them. Go ahead, Timothy off. I see you trying to talk. <laughs> it's okay. I was going to say my, what I'm looking at here is uh, uh, again, the premium option is I'm eyeballing because I'll get that. I'll have access to a lot of games. Yes. I won't have access to day and date games like X, X, uh, excuse me, game pass. Uh, but someone like, like me is going to wait and wait for them to come. So how is that going to affect Sony's numbers when they go to sell those day one games and you got people who are like, okay, I've got the premium package. 
I can wait for this game to come out in that premium package. I don't have to buy it day one. That's I'll just bite them in the butt. That's gonna. That's already biting in the butt too. The way they do their sales too, right? Because yeah. a lot of times, if you're not in that to that game right on day one, you're already like, I'll just wait a few months and I'll know the price will drop. So they already lose sales that way. But, and that and that's the interesting thing. That's the like that's kind of the reverse engineered brilliance of Game Pass. Now I'm only making some really broad brush stroke statements here. All right, so follow me along on this one. Take Tunic as an example. Great game, right? We know that Xbox, now, Sean, you're in the chat. Correct me if I'm wrong. They bought the company that made Tunic, all right? So they have paid for it. They have got people in for it, right? They had an upfront investment as they have in other games before. You could also go online and you can buy it directly from the store, right? So you have either getting in Game Pass or you're getting the store. The other part of it is they're absolutely in a couple months from now, it's coming to the Switch. Guess what? That's another revenue stream coming in for them as well, right? So they're, they're, they are diversifying their, mon- their, their revenue streams to ensure that they get lift. Unfortunately, with PlayStation, and the game comes out, it's day one, right? It is you go to the shop, you go to buy it. That's the value it is right there and then. Um, so the value proposition is a little bit different. Now you have to kind of be in that stream uh, in that time to get it, but you're hundred percent right, Tim, or I'm going to wait four months and it's going to be on sale and I'll get it much cheaper. Right. So, or it's going to be part of this backlog sale later year from now. So I'm not going to play it. So you actually potentially might lose some of the social engagement and community that'd be associated around a game releasing or the FOMO, right. That'd be associated with it. I don't know if this is a good move for PlayStation. Here's the other part. Again, I believe like if you said to me right now, Justin, Justin, you get to pick a gaming console. You get a PlayStation or an Xbox. What are you doing? And you know, Justin, you have to pay, you have to pay some kind of subscription cost model anyways, right? What are you doing? I'm going to tell you right now, dollars for dimes, I'm getting an Xbox, right? Because the value proposition with what I have to pay for is exponentially higher than what the PlayStation is offering me. Because I know I get Halo. I know I get Sea of Thieves. I know I get Tunic. I know I get all these day and date games. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the crutch of Game Pass and the value of it. And the other part of you got to remember, Xbox is, Xbox is like, and look at all the studios I have bought. <laughs> these are all going to be day date too, you crazy nuts. Plus it's agnostic. Uh, agnostic? System agnostic? Meaning, yes. I mean, that you don't have, you don't to, have, have, an to, have, have you don't have to have a yeah, system. You don't have to have a system. So uh, I was telling the guys, I was telling the guys this before we started recording tonight. I've, I've gotten I, I, over the last week or so came into the possession of an Xbox one S that someone didn't want anymore. And so I've turned it into my game pass machine mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, a couple, I've, I discovered some really pleasant surprises. Number one, there are games that I've wanted to play that I was not able to play because they're Xbox exclusive uh, and they may not be like uh, a game that you really want or was really excited about, but like, guys, I freaked out when I remembered that Xbox locked down Peggle 2 a few years, many years ago. Uh, and now I can finally play it. And that's all I've been playing is Peggle 2 and Battletoads and Tunic. Uh, I have all these other games. None of them are what you might consider to be super AAA titles, except I finally downloaded the Master Chief collection, and I'm going to get to play through that and play through all those Halo games again. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to do Infinite, which is awesome. I got to go with Justin. I've got a PS5 in the house. I've got an Xbox One S. Now I've got a Nintendo Switch OLED. 
I love my PS5. I, I love the fact that, that, you know, there have been like Ratchet and Clank for the PS5 Ratchet and Clank was amazing, beautiful, fantastic game. But if I'm weighing these two services against each other, I'm going Xbox. I'm going Game Pass because I'm going to get the same indie games. Yep. I'm going to get the same AAA games. I'm probably just going to get them the day they release. Yeah. This, I mean, okay. So Venom, Venom NYC in the chat here says Game Pass is, is by far an amazing service. Most importantly, you don't need a console to enjoy the service. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I am running on a 2016 ThinkPad on my laptop and I'm playing Tunic and I don't have an Xbox, right? Like this is the thing. Here's the, here's the other part of it. We started this conversation about PlayStation and has converted to, let me tell you how amazing Xbox Game Pass is. Like, the opposite what, is happening what? in regards to reaction. What's really negative about Game Pass? Other than the cost, everybody Other than the price, the just price. because, just because I don't, I don't want to spend money. Tim's like everybody, stop, take a drink, take but a drink. Well, we got, we got, but here's points here's for the that. thing. This this statement from PlayStation reminds me circa 2013 when the playstation 3 came out at a price tag of 600 bucks and x playstation's response was get a second job to pay for it we are in an area and a time where we've come out of a pandemic for two years where people have been furloughed have lost their jobs we are penny pinching for the most value and you decide playstation to come out here and not give us the best value well guess what Uncle Phil sitting over there saying, come on over. I got games. I'm buying companies. Let it rain green Xbox dollars because that's what Microsoft is doing. PlayStation has got shit on Xbox in relation to this. This is one of the dumbest ideas I've ever seen. They had to show up or shut up and they didn't do it. Can can we rewind to the to the fact that every time. Every time PlayStation makes an announcement that like they think is going to like really, really rock the industry, somebody is already doing it and probably doing it better. I mean, PlayStation Move was basically just the Wii. This is basically just Game yeah. Pass, but it's not as good. Uh, there, or, there's other examples of this. The I yeah. mean, or the we have Vita, examples. The so. PSP was just. You know, the DS, only yeah. not as good. Yeah. Well, we have an example of PlayStation making some thing that they think is a big announcement. Nintendo announces something minor, but that gets the press. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and obviously, obviously, I went off a little bit here, folks. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really quite funny here. Um, Sean even said that Xbox is literally talking about having a family pass coming to, to like Xbox is making the moves for gamers where, where PlayStation is saying, listen, if it does, it feels, I'm going to be honest. It feels a little bit elitism, right? It's such it a turnaround from the launch of the one where Xbox felt so out of touch with gaming. With with like the how do you do uh, pre-owned games and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start yeah. our own media company and the Xbox is not just gonna be a gaming console it's gonna be a a media hub for your whole house and it just it felt very elitist it felt very you know part of join the club you know yeah I and, 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 and how you doing my fellow kids 
I walk into I walk into Costco almost once a week to grab some groceries, and I go past the electronic section, and there is that little ticker that you can take uh, to go get an Xbox. And I'm going to be honest with you. A couple of days ago, I sat there in front of it for a while, and I really contemplated that. But I understand. But but I but I'm also like, but why? I can literally play it on a 2016 notebook. I imagine I, you in front of that in front of that like the kid in uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, there it is. And my I wife and my wife walks past me and goes like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Nothing." And she's like, "You have enough games." I was like, "Yes." You were so ashamed. You, you said it's like, like you're, it's you like you're, lo- it's like you're looking at an adult adult magazine and chapters, right? You're like, "I'm nothing. Just putting it away. I'm sorry, sorry, guys." What you need to do, Justin? You, you can, can I tell you what you need to do? Oh, I I Here really hurt my voice, by the way. Here it is. I love it. I love it. I'm if so your voice excited. was rough before the show started, that's where yeah. it's really Listen, bad. Wait, here's what you need to do. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, I think that you need to do what I've done. And I think you need to go back a generation, go find you an Xbox One S that will handle all this Game Pass stuff. It's going to be on the cheap. Maybe trade in some games for it. Come yeah, home, yeah, bring, yeah, bring yeah. on, put your put your Game Pass on it and enjoy it. I, I look. It'll be. I would have never dreamed. I would have never dreamed a year 20, ago I would have an Xbox, but here we are. Fifteen inch and, laptop. Yep. Yeah. Or just yeah, get you get you a nice laptop and, and play it that way. Um, we. We have spent way too much time talking about PlayStation and Xbox. But before um, we move on, I did want to throw one more thing out. So, you know, play, PlayStation 5, you buy, buy buy a PlayStation 5, you have access to 20 back games in their catalog that you can put onto your library and then keep them as long as you are a subscriber to PS Plus. They announced rec- either today or recently that... In May, Persona Five will be will no longer be on that list. So if you, you know, if you haven't added to your library, you still get to keep it while you're a, a, a subscriber. But if you buy a PS Five after May eleventh ish, then you won't be able to add that game onto it anymore. Persona Five to Switch confirmed. Hope so. Oh, I, I, so, I, I so I'm just before we move on. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm really sorry. I got a little wound up. I got a little bit excited there. I might have said some things to the PlayStation people that I'm sorry for. You are not. No, I just feel like here's, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm coming with the hottest of takes. If everyone was like, this is a great idea, then it would be the most boring show ever. Absolutely. Um, but I, but I do believe that this, it just missed the mark a bit. I think it had to be, it, a comp- it had to be a competitor for that price. Yeah. If it was lower, like for $10, you get everything. That's fine. But when it's equal to Game Pass for price, that's tough. When it's when it's when it's like they're trying like Nintendo's trying, it's okay. Yeah, I mean that's well, I'm not a You know, player. what's interesting about this is that this announcement uh came out right on the heels and and I'm going to I promise we're going to get away from this, but it just came out right on the heels uh or maybe maybe I'm thinking about it in reverse at Kit Ellis, that you you know from formerly from Nintendo Minute, mm-hmm. said that like Nintendo really he like and now the shackles are off right they can talk about things yeah. and he was like Nintendo needs to get with it Nintendo needs to look at Game Pass Nintendo needs to look yeah. at what other people are doing and it's time for them to stop doing the the things they're doing and really start taking this online thing seriously I, I can I I know we're I know we're walking away from this but I want to tell you about I was thinking about this today preparing for the show. Yeah, and thinking about like what is the next version potentially of Nintendo Switch Online could they do? 
And where is Xbox currently that's winning some of the space? Because we know we know Nintendo's never going to do this first party thing. That's why they're not even trying to compete for that. They're just like, hey, you want some Animal Crossing? It's $6 a month. You're like, okay, okay, cool, cool. I'm fine with that, right? What if the next version allows... Now, follow me on this because it might sound crazy. Allows for you to log into a web browser with your Nintendo ID account and your games are accessible in a web browser and you need to use Bluetooth controllers to be able to play them on your devices. So sort of like Xbox X Cloud, right? But it's just like the Nintendo cloud. And so you log into your Marty account and there's all the games that you have and you just need to grab your pro controller or grab your NES controller or your super Nintendo controller. And you have access to those, not just on the console, but also now on a PC through a win through a browser. I, I think that's a fantastic idea. I don't think it's ever going to happen, but yeah, I, I think that is a logical step. I, it's just not a Nintendo step. It's, it is, a, it is really, that's right. It's a very logical step, which is why it won't happen. <laughs> right. Real quick, shout out to Venom NYC for the sub. So absolutely, I think that qualifies him for something. I, I'm currently reaching out to him having a chat. He does not okay. have a Nintendo EU account. Um, he has an NA account. Okay, so, make one. It's cool. You could make one. I, I still want to. I like. I don't know what the relation. Listen, this is a new relationship with us. Oh he yeah, yeah. Has been a long time listener. I don't want to push stuff on him. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, <laughs> they seem we they seem very nice. I don't even listener. know for sure if it's a him. I'm just using some genericness to it. But I when, appreciate that they subbed, and I and I want to try and give them something. You know. Yep. Um, All right. So yeah. We also, Sean Sean says, "How about just functional online multiplayer?" Shut up, Sean. All right. I don't need your attitude up in here. Yeah, I mean, just to be able to, you know, we already have enough of that in our corner. Just to be able to play, thank you, Doctor Mario Online with Jody Masson and not have to put it in low latency mode just because you're in another country. But I agree with Sean. Uh, One last little uh, tidbit here in our news game release update: the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, which is a beloved indie title, is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, on the 27th of this month. And so you can go ahead and begin to look for that. Uh, well, the 27th of this month, as you hear, as you hear this, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm just reminded, by the way, that tomorrow is April Fool's Day. And we have done, you know, last year we did Sega Moms. And we didn't do yeah. anything this year. It's okay. All, I don't have. Also, don't have when, also when this publishes. And we tell you who our guest is next week. That is not an April Fool's. That, that is, is legitimate. So when you think, oh, you guys are funny. No, no, legit. Yeah. So with that news being done, it's time for a break to hear from our sponsor. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, big thanks to the amazing folks over at Manscaped who continue to support us. Now, here's the truth. Manscaped sends me these ad reads to do, and we do them. And they have this, I have this ad read in front of me. It says, hey, you don't read this till April 1st, but I'm going to read it today. I know it's not April 1st because I truly believe this is actually very critical for you to hear. And I think it's really, really important. So I'm going to do the ad read and then we're going to talk about it. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. 
Spring has sprung and the global leaders in below the waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisles five in your pants. Time to clean out your winter bush and join the over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to also start off. So we love Manscaped. We have been using their product for, I've been using it for over a year, long before they sponsored us. They're a great company to work with. But I want to tell you, and this is very kind of important for us actually as well. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. And Manscaped has partnered with Testicular Cancer Society to bring you awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common forms of cancer in men between the ages of 15 and 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of our We Save Balls initiative. So you're going to hear more about them as well. Gentlemen, this is an uncomfortable conversation sometimes, right? We don't want to talk about these things, but I urge you, please Make sure you get yourself checked out. Make sure you check your, your, yourself regularly in the shower. Make sure that you go see a doctor. These are critical components for us, right? We talk about uh, Movember. We talk about prostate awareness. We talk about testicular awareness. These are part um, that sometimes as men, we don't have conversations about. We don't want to talk about these things. These are, these are man private things, right? Gentlemen, these things have to be checked, right? Please take care of yourself. And Manscaped in the month of April, all of our ad reads are going to be focused on the We Save Balls initiative, which is in joint conjunction with the testicular cancer awareness for the month of April and Manscaped. Big thank you to Manscaped for helping to raise this conversation as part of our national campaign to ensure that men around the world get themselves checked. This is, a, this is something that can be preventative by checking, taking care of yourself, right? If not preventative, but necessarily detected early. Right. This can be detected early. There can be resolves for it. So I encourage you. And if you don't know how to do this, gentlemen, there are tons of videos out there. There's tons of resources and tons of things to go to where you can actually make sure you are doing this on the daily when you're in the shower, checking for lumps and making sure that you're okay. So I encourage you to do that. Again, big thanks to Manscaped. Um, and if you're looking for that code again, it's Nindads, N-I-N-D-A-D-S, 20% off and free shipping. Big thanks to Manscaped for their continued support, not only for our show, but also for raising this awareness. And this is something that we should all, as men, be having conversations about, despite the fact it's uncomfortable to talk about. Back all right. You. That's right. Speaking of a potentially uncomfortable conversation, or maybe not, let's discuss something, shall we? So a few weeks ago, we had uh, a listener write into the show uh, on the heels of the gameplay footage reveal of Hogwarts Legacy that we now know is also coming to Nintendo Switch later on this year. Uh, It will also be on multi-platform systems. And basically, uh, the question was asked during uh, the, you know, kind of the breakdown of that um, about whether the behavior or comments of an artist affect our ability to ability to enjoy the art that they've produced. Uh, more specifically, uh, what this refers to is some comments that have been made by J.K. Rowling uh, that are anti-gay uh, and anti-trans uh, and different things like that. Um, and so when this question came in, the show had been quite long in the tooth, as we normally are sometimes. But 
No. What we wanted to do was we didn't want to ignore the question, but we wanted to take a moment realizing that just kind of an off the cuff answer to that, like no or yes, didn't do that question justice because it's a multi-layered issue. And so I can't guarantee that this is going to take a huge amount of time for us to answer, but I think it'll provide some insight into uh, who we are and maybe how we think. Uh, And if anything, maybe you might hear yourself in some of these answers and some of the ways that we talk about this. So uh, I'll pose the question to you guys. As you think about, in particular, Hogwarts Legacy uh, and think about, you know, Harry Potter or maybe you don't even like that series. Maybe it's something else uh, that you like um, <clears throat> that what what what's your take on this? Um, again, in, in the in the past, she's she's been, I, I think, more outwardly spoken about, uh, you know, uh, trans people and uh, kind of opposed to things. I think she's kind of tried to clarify those statements and walk them back a little bit uh, in some ways that have kind of just dug the hole a little bit deeper. Um, but let's just float it out here. What do you, what do you guys, can, can you still play <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy or could you play something that you enjoy if the creator didn't share the views that you particularly agreed with or you found offensive in this case i i, I think you know sh- she doesn't have anything to do with the game directly it's just my understanding if, if i could be wrong but that's my understanding you know her material is used as a source material to write the content of this game so she doesn't have direct involvement so it wouldn't bother me at all to give this game a try you know there are other situations say you know we've heard things going on at activation blizzard where that that business has problems and they come from the top and things like that yeah that is a more detrimental it's a it's a reason for me to among other reasons, to not buy their games. So, it, again, it, it, it's situational. That's maybe a cop-out answer, but that's kind of what I'm... That's kind of... That's really what I think. You know, it, it, I think... I don't think we want to give a blanket statement, yes, it's bad, no, it's good, et cetera, or back and forth. But looking at things on a case-by-case basis is, is I think, the right thing to do. Yeah, that's a good answer. And I think that's I think that's okay for you to to, to answer that way. Somebody else, I mean, what, what do you guys think? Tim? Uh obviously this goes into personal areas and whatever I say is going to make people mad. And then other people are going to have uh agree with me. And I think that's the same thing about anybody's opinions or statements, right? I could say black is my favorite color. As silly as that sounds, people are going to agree with me or not agree with me. And then you uh, get those that say that black isn't a color. It's just right. the absence of one. So although I do not agree with where she comes from with her statements, or I don't agree with somebody's actions, 
I do separate that from the, the art itself um, because they're two different things. And plus it affects not just that person that I disagree with. It affects others. Like in this case, the video game makers, the developers, the artists, the writers who, who are writing for this particular game. Yes. The source material is on JK Rowling stuff. Um, and yes, I don't agree with what she's doing. And I did look into what was going on because before, to be honest, I didn't really care. I didn't, I knew there was rumblings about people upset about what she did. I didn't care. So I didn't look into it, but because of this topic, I did look into it more. So what I found out was, is she's making choices or opinions based on what seems like to me uneducated things. So, um, and people have tried to work with her, try to talk to her and all that kind of stuff. And I can understand why that's upsetting. But to me, that's, that has nothing to do with the game itself. I don't see what she's talking about or promoting promoted in the game. If I did see that promoted in a game again, like what Jesse was talking about was uh, in case by case basis. So in this case, if I saw what her ideology is promoted in the game, then I would have to look at it differently then. But she, like you said, it's just her stuff is source material. Her source material doesn't seem to have that ideologies in it either. So it's just more of, I'm fine with Hogwarts. I'm fine. I'm excited to play it and so on and so forth. And that's the way I approach each situation, like the Activision stuff and the Overwatch stuff. To me, Overwatch had nothing to do with what was going on behind the scenes for the, for the most part, from my understanding. So, and I'm, I'm always open to be educated too. So I don't, I'm always open-minded and I will listen to others views to as long as they're educated and factual and not just opinionated, I will listen to those and change my decision if I need to. But that's where I stand on that, is that type of thoughts. This is a tough, tough topic, right, mm-hmm. to parse out, because there is, a, and, and Venom NYC here says it's a lot of gray, because there's some arguments to be made here. First, I believe in equity. I believe in equality and I believe on our rights, right, for, for people um, to, to be their authentic self and to be who they are. My beliefs do not jive with, with J.K. Rowling's in regards to that. Um, so I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be pretty bluntly clear with that. Um, but I will say this becomes a challenge, right? We have this conversation internally because you can make the argument that well, J.K. Rowling isn't going to, isn't making, you know, how does this impact J.K. Rowling? Because when WB purchased the rights to this, they wrote J.K. a check. There you go. Now we get the rights to do your thing. She's not making subsidiaries, I imagine, after the game sales. They bought an intellectual property right. So if you choose not to buy the game, it isn't like she, you are directly impacting her. Because let's be honest, the financial transaction is recurred at that level for that game. Now, what the impact is now is a separation of the art from the artist. And I think, Marty, you made a great statement here, which is there is a team of individuals who have put their blood, sweat, tears, time, energy, talents 
into a property, into a world to create a game that they want you to enjoy. So we are, we are not honoring them and their talents by choosing not to buy it. But I also recognize that if we choose not, if we choose to buy it, then by the way, now it's time for a sequel and the money goes back to JK Rowling. Right. So it's this like vicious looped circle uh, of challenge there. And so I am Matt. And I think the other part of this challenge challenge is like, there are probably developers, folks associated with this property who are like saying to JK Rowling, like, I, I, I'm trans. What you're saying is about me. So how do you separate those two things? It's a hard conversation, right? It's very hard to separate. So it's not great. It's not a black or white. And I think that you need to do what you feel is best for you in regards to it. However you wrestle with that. Yeah. I'm not going to purchase the game because I I'm not interested in it, but I have a friend who's a huge Harry Potter fan, huge Harry Potter fan. Um, when we were in living abroad, I went to the Harry Potter like shop in the, the on the tour in London and bought him a shirt. He was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And then J.K. came out with these comments, and he's like, "I I am fully against what she says." And he said, "What I'm doing is I struggle with it, but my decision now is I can enjoy the content for what it is, separated from the artist, but I will not support her." monetarily in any way going forward now, which means, cause I've already, cause I've already spent the value, right? I've already bought the book. I've already bought the movie. I can't go back. Right. And change these things, but I'm choosing not to support her in a case like this. We're not supporting these artists. We're not supporting these developers. We're not supporting this company. Um, and so it's a challenge thing. So I think you need to do what's right for you and you can, and, and no one's going to like, Life is hard. Life is not black and white. This is not an easy conversation. Mm -hmm. You have to do what you internally feel okay with. And it is not for the four of us or anyone to shame you for whatever decisions you make, whether it's, I, I want to play this game. I want to try it. I want to understand. I want to support the developer. I want to support the hours and time, the artists, the people of the crap, the the story writers who did good. Cause this, cause this game was probably built by people who are very much against or, or who are very much, transgender and have different perspectives and are everything that JK Rowling is fighting against. And so they're trying to insert maybe parts of their story into the game and their life and to show that representation. And we don't know how that might show up here, but we also realize that there are statements being said that are harmful. So you as an individual, it's not up for us to, 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 I think the statement is yuck on your yum or whatever it is, but I think that the understanding of it, that these things are hard, when people do not jive with how we support things. And so I've, I've ranted a bit. I apologize. Yeah. <clears throat> so I probably out of, out of all of us, I mean, there, if, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know uh, that I'm a, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a minister. So there's probably a lot of assumptions about how, how I feel about this. And I have to say that it's probably one of the most complicated things, one of the most complicated questions that I've ever had to think about and answer, because there's things in this sphere 
that I wrestle with on a daily basis because I work with kids and I work with emerging generations. So, um, and those emerging generations are a lot more open to things, especially what we once called alternative lifestyles, you know, than, than people who've come before. Uh, and so a couple of thoughts I have on this. And again, if you have any problem with this, please don't direct it at Nintendo dads directed at me. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to say anything that's all that controversial, but I'm like, Tim, I think that anything that any of us say has the potential to make anybody mad. Right. Um, so the, the thing, the, the way I look at this is, is uh, man, I love Harry Potter. <laughs> we, uh, my wife and I, uh, we actually, um, <clears throat> without getting into too much detail on the story, my mom, happened on some bootleg copies of movies uh, back in the day. And one of those was Harry Potter one. We didn't even know what it was about. We're watching it and there's like half of the movie is gone. Uh, and we were like, we got to go to the theater and see this. And so we, we ran to see it. Can't went out that night, like to the bookstore next door, bought all four of the books that were available at the time. And then we became Potter fanatics. We want to go to, like the Harry Potter land and universal and all that. We've played the Lego games. It's, it's a big deal. In fact, she usually like reads the books three once a year. That's like her thing. So I'm, I'm excited for Hogwarts legacy. Um, but on the other hand, I don't really like, as far as things go with like, you know, can, should gay people get married or should trans people be able to get married or like, my thing is, is that it's much easier to reach and talk to people. It's, it's much easier to, to, to um, instead of condemning people before you get to know them, it's, more, it's much more easier to, to actually try to build a relationship with somebody and like sit down with them and talk, you know? And I think so much of our culture has just become talking heads that are segregated or sectioned out into different like spheres or squares yelling back and forth at each other, right? They're talking points. Like, mm -hmm. we believe this. We believe this. You're wrong. You're wrong. Everybody's wrong. And we're all mad and, and, and angry all the time. When if we'd really just sit down and have a meal with people or just talk to people or get to know them, things would be a lot better, I think. Um, so, but on this issue, um, I have to look at it like this for me personally. Uh, if I consume any entertainment, mostly any entertainment at all, uh, a lot of what is popular and a lot of what's out there is antithetical to a lot of things I believe. So what do I do? Do I just shut down and not engage with anything? Or do I, or do I try to, to uh, make sense of it? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to preach. That's not why I'm here. That's not why I do this podcast. But uh, <clears throat> part of what I believe is that we have a God who, who came to this earth to redeem things and to redeem things means that things that the culture looks at that are worthless or, or bad or whatever, that, that there's a purchase that goes on to buy those back to make them good again. And so uh, I can't be a person of redemption and totally sequester myself away from that which I believe needs redeeming. Um, so we're going to play this game. Are we going to talk about it in our house? Yeah, that's my job as a dad, right? 
My job as a dad is to talk about the issues and to educate my kids the best way I know how, the, the best way that I believe they should be educated. And for each family, that's you. And guess what? If you believe differently than me, contrary to popular belief as a Christian, I'm not going to judge you for that. Uh, I think that judgy, the word judge has become super easy to throw around and like the super hot button issue. Like if you disagree with somebody or you're judging me, no, I just disagree with you. I just say, man, that's not how I believe. We as a society, we are losing the ability to critically think about issues. As Justin said a minute ago, I love this, what he said, not everything is black and white. It never is. Y'all being on this podcast is not black and white. Okay. It's not just like, oh, I like Nintendo. So I'll show up and do a podcast. There's, there's a lot of gray areas to that too. And so I think that what we have to do is we have to, I, Justin, your answer is so spot on. We have to decide for ourselves. We have to decide for our families. Uh, if that thing makes you feel bad for supporting it or watching it or doing it, then don't do it. It sucks that you might have to give up something that you you like. But um, what I found in 20 years of working with people is this, is number one, people never respond like you think they will. You have a plan in your head and maybe in your heart. And a lot of times that doesn't happen. And number two, working with people and being in community with people is messy. It's muddy. It's yucky. It means that when you get down with them and your life on life with them, that some of that mess may get on you and some of your mess may get on them. But what, that's a risk we have to take uh, to engage with people. Yeah. And I, th I think, and I love all that, Marty. I think, I think a couple of things, you know, first we need to be able to have conversations yes. like this, right. And to open up those dialogues and to say like, Hey, I'm struggling with this, right. Help me understand where are you at with it? And I need to be mm -hmm. able to come to someone like Marty and say like, I need to talk this out, Tim, I need to talk this out. We need to seek to understand, right. We are a world that by default, everything is trying to make us divisive. You have to lose to win and you have to win to lose. It's a zero and one game. And we have to spend more time understanding it's not that. We have to seek to understand. We have to actively listen. We have to ask questions. We need to have conversations that are uncomfortable, right? To be able to understand where people are. And yes, I'm having a, this, like, this is stemming from a video game conversation, right? But in generally, these are things that need to happen. Someone needs to raise a question and say, I don't know, I don't know, how, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this with your parents? How do you deal with this with your family? How do you deal with this with friends? I have friends who have complete opposite agreements of what I have. Doesn't mean they're not my friends. Yeah. It just means, just means that that is, a spot, that is a spot that we do not <clears throat> share the same commonalities. But I love them. I love them for who they are and they love me for who I am. And we need to be able to do that, right? We are, we are lacking understanding. We are lacking patience and we are lacking the ability to see people as people and understand who they are and ask critical questions. Can, can I just can I say that's the kind of community that we want to build around this podcast. We may not always agree and we may not always see out on every issue, but we want there to be love and respect and conversations. And that, that's why it, I love our community. And uh, 
the other thing you guys were mentioning about the judgy stuff, right? And this is where it comes, it comes back full circle too. Like going back to the whole, what she said was judgy and her, her, her theories and stuff like that is judgy, but all of us who are against it are also judging that. Yeah. So it still comes back to, and, and we're all not having those conversations. And, but from what I understood too, I found this out is that people are trying to have conversations with her. And that's the part I get upset about is she's not listening. She's closed minded. She's made a decision and she's not listening. And that's the part I get frustrated with. And that's why I disagree with that part. Like you can have your opinions, but again, like I said, what I do, I have my opinions but I'm open-minded. I will listen. If you've got facts that I, I will listen to them and, and make a new decision if I have to, but mm. it's, it all comes back around to the whole judgy thing. Okay. You don't like it because she's judging, but now you're judging her on her opinions. Well, where, you know, where, it comes comes, back around, so. where, where the problem comes from, Tim, is exactly what you just said. It's when we become so closed Yes. That we say, I'm not going to listen to you at all. Right. Yeah. That's like, even if part. even if we might say, okay, I'll listen to you, it's probably not going to change my mind, but I'll listen to you. There's still hope there. There's still yeah. a chance there. But when we get to a point where we say, uh, I'm not going to listen to anybody about anything, about it, you know, it's it's just yes. totally closed. That's, that's the frustrating not, part. That's not called love. That's called um, there's a word I'm looking for here, and it just it was in my mind and it left. When we no longer listen to hear, but listen to respond, we Ooh, have lost. Yes. All right. Yes. Also, Mecha Dragon says, Justin sounds like he's about to cry. Mecha Dragon, I have strained that voice from that Phil Spencer rant so much now that if I go <laughs> any louder than this, it may actually make me lose my voice tomorrow. There's uh, a, there's, Ebusel says this in chat, and I want to mention this, and we're going to move on. He says, lest you who haven't cast the first stone. There's a phrase that gets brought up here. It's an old phrase. It kind of sounds old when you say it, uh, but it it's it goes like this. It's there, but by the grace of God go I. And, you know, uh, I, I think about that phrase in this situation that, you know, when I look at a person's life, I can choose to judge them or I can say that, uh, you know, except by God's grace, that could be me because all of the, the quote unquote horrible things in the world I have the aptitude and potential to be that as well. And so yeah. I am still growing. I'm still learning. I, man, I just want, look, I, I just want, I hope that one of these days that when I die, and hopefully that's a long time from now, that uh, people would say about me, he tried to talk to me. He tried to understand me. He was interested in me. But most of all, I know that he loved me. And I think that's what's lacking in a lot of in a lot of um, interactions today is, is is we lack love enough to listen instead of just preparing to respond. The patience. Also, so we're going to segue off. I need to step away. Actually, I may not be able to come back, but I love the fact that Mecha Dragon, his, his statement in the chat was, I didn't know they were going to go so hard on this. I just wanted to know if it was okay if I could play Overwatch again. Sure. <laughs> God bless you, Mecha Dragon. Thank Hello. you very much. I may or may not Hello. be back, guys. Talk later. All right. Love Night you, Justin. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, let's apply what we've talked about in short form to Overwatch. Uh, again, this is an Activision Blizzard issue, right? Uh, so you have to ask yourself, do you agree with 
uh, what they stand for um, or what they're not addressing, are you like, can you justify so continuing to support them? Here's the deal with Overwatch. I mean, uh, it, the argument could be made that unless you're buying skins and buying loot boxes and stuff, you're not giving them any more of your money. That's true. Yeah. So there you go. Justin did not, of course, say I'm Batman before he left, but we're going to move on. <laughs> Tim, why don't you share with us about some events coming up? So as you all know, and if you don't know, we have the dinner table every third Friday of the month, and that is for our community to get together and just have a good time talking about whatever. So it's basically like we call it the dinner table. It's because everybody, everybody brings a dish and that dish is your topic, whatever you want to talk about. And I'll usually bring the main dish, which is the topic of that month that we'll talk that we'll talk about. So like last month it was uh, show and tell was the main dish. Whereas basically we were showing off some of the things we were, you know, just into or had around that we wanted to talk about. And we were talking about a lot of magazines too. I think Nintendo power was the biggest topic along with some of the others like EGM and game pro and all that kind of stuff. And then it, it branched off into other things. And of course we talk about, uh, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, a lot of things that we don't normally get to talk about on the show. But as a community, we talk about all those things, especially something that comes up during the week. Like the at that time when uh, we did the show last month, it was uh, we talked about the um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So we, we were how excited we are about that. So lots of stuff we talk about again, the third Friday of every month at 10 PM. And in order to do that, in order to join that, you do have to be in the community. And in order to be part of the community, you have to either be subscribed through Patreon or Twitch. Uh, so once you're subscribed through there, then you can get access to our discord. And if you can't get access to our discord and you are in discord, you can reach out to me at Neo prime 33 number sign 0033 you can friend me there dm me there and we'll figure out how to get you into the community if you're subscribed and you're not getting in because i know there's a lot of issues that are going on there but again if you're subscribed then you can join us every third friday of the month at 10 p.m eastern time and it's the 15th this month of april that we'll be talking about there's no main topic yet, no main dish yet, but I'm sure we'll be talking about something fun. And I have a feeling maybe something fun with N Nintendo coming up. So uh, with that, that's the latest event that's going on. Well, uh, Jesse, I hope that you have charged up Robo Jesse because it's time for a giant size Poke Minute. Yeah, I think he's good for about two minutes. Pika Pika Pikachu. I hate you all. Pokemon Go April Updates. A mysterious event will be happening on Friday, April 1st. Additional sources report the potential for heightened Team Go Rocket activity from April 3rd through April 7th. Stay alert. The Spring into Spring event will take place from April 12th through April 18th. From April 20th through April 25th, trainers will be able to reflect on the importance of sustainability while another Pokémon originally discovered in the Alola region makes its Pokémon Go debut. Pokémon appearing in 5-star raids this month will be 
Tapu Lele will continue to be in raids until April 5th, Therian Form Thunderous will take over until April 12th, the Guardian Deity of Alola Island will then be in raids until April 26th, finally, Therian Form Landorus will be in raids until May 3rd. Mega Charizard Y, Mega Manectric, and Mega Pidgeot will also take their turns in Mega Raids through April 29th. On April 29th through May 3rd, a yet-to-be-announced Mega Pokemon will be in raids. The April Research Breakthrough Encounter will be Alolan Marowak. The second Pokemon Go Community Day Classic will be held on April 10th from 2pm to 5pm local time featuring Mudkip. For $1, trainers will be able to access the Community Day Classic Special Research Story. During the event, Catch XP will be three times normal. A new Adventure Sync widget will be available for Android devices in early April. When you enable Adventure Sync, you will now have the option to add a widget to your device's home screen so you can track your progress when hatching eggs. This feature is already available on iOS devices. Finally, Pokemon Go Fest 2022 has been scheduled. This year's Pokemon Go Fest will be a two-day global event on Saturday, June 4th and Sunday, June 5th with a bonus final event on Saturday, August 27th. There will also be three in-person events on July 1st in Berlin, Germany, July 22nd in Seattle, Washington, and August 5th in Sapporo, Japan. That is all of the Pokemon Go news for the week. Robo Jesse, He always just makes it. Just <laughs> enough power. Just, just enough, enough charge. Yeah. So when, uh, when I was writing these notes uh, about the AdventureSync thing on, for Android, and it said available on iOS devices, I'm like, wait, I didn't know this. So that was the first thing I did is then f- get that installed on in my phone. <laughs> awesome. Well, speaking of uh, installations and phones and games, let's talk about what we've been playing. Guys, uh, because we've got quite a bit of uh, questions from our community tonight, let's kind of just do a flyover here of what we've been playing, if you don't mind. Um, Tim, why don't you go first? All right. So PlayStation, I've been playing some Gran Turismo 7, loving it because I just, it's like Pokemon. I like to collect them all. So I'm trying to collect the cars. <laughs> That's how I play is just for collecting. I've been playing Xbox Cloud, uh, Tunic on the Xbox Cloud as well. Uh, again, having a lot of fun with that, as I'm sure everybody else has been. Uh, and then on the Switch, I've been playing The Ramp, which is a video out on YouTube, uh, which is a nice, relaxing skateboarding game. It's basically just go in, skate, and do have fun with it. And if you go watch the video, you just see me like wipe out a lot, so which is pretty funny. And that's even funny, too. So uh, more Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, trying to do the time trials for the monthly mayhem stuff uh, that the... Mm-hmm dad's after dark team is doing those those time trials can go die in a fire yeah those are tough i can't i can't reach what they're doing those are i can't some... get below 225 or so on ninja hideaway yeah they're can't do it there there's some magic going on there but it's still fun I'm, I'm having fun with the time trials and then i'm trying to you know get some get some of the you know trophies for the to unlock some of the other courses um kirby in the forgotten land i'm playing that uh and actually playing with sammy co-op in some cases until now he's off on vacation uh this week and he started playing i let him play today on his own and he's playing he's got a lot farther than me of course so now i guess we're not playing together so i need to catch back up and start finishing that so i can because i want to see what all the hype is about this at you know the ending of the game um 
And then I'm also playing an outrun like racing game that I'll be able to talk about next week. And that's what I've been playing. Okay. Okay. Jesse, what about you? So uh, last thing, we didn't talk about what we played last week, but two weeks ago, I mentioned shredded secrets, which was the, the, the game made by girls who code and like won won the award that year. And, you know, I had issues with it and those issues still are there, but I did, I finished it and I didn't collect all of the collectibles, like the, the last stage. I didn't, I did not like the, the map design, but I, I went, went through and finished the story. And uh, like bef- before I said that, you know, you, you're talking about, a, you're playing as a girl who was bullied. And my thought was, I hope I get to play as the bully to see what his point of view. And that's exactly what happens. So, you know, so you kind of kind of see what's going on in his mind, too. Doesn't excuse his, his behavior, and he knows it. And, and so, so just like the first two characters are kind of you know, related isn't the right word, but... They interact with each other. The last two characters also interact with each other in, a, in an interesting way. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, it's, it teaches a good lesson and, uh, you know, it's relatively inexpensive game. So I'd say give that a, give it a try. Just know that y- y- you have to play in single Joy-Con mode if you're, unless you're right. playing on a handheld. Then I also have been playing Tunic. I haven't had a chance to play it much at all this week with, you know, again, with my daughter in town, I mentioned earlier. I got to, you know, I don't even know what the boss's name is. It's like the second big full screen boss in the game. I, it, that is so intimidating, and I haven't had a chance to try attacking it again. I hope to be able to get back to that. And the last thing I've been playing is I mentioned a few weeks ago that Casey's mod, uh, an update to Inscription, released, which is the act one gameplay in an endless mode, kind of like what you normally expect in a roguelike card play game. And it is hard. I I think I've had like 30 runs on it and I have not beat it yet. And there are so many other things that I can unlock to change the gameplay, like change my starter deck, change the, some of the gimmicks in the game. But you can't do that if you can't beat the game the first time. So I've gotten to Leshy, the boss, I think four times and have only gotten to his phase two once. So it's 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 a hard, it's a difficult game. I'm, every once in a while, I'm still giving that a try. But uh, it, it's a hard game. Do you, with the mod, I know you've been playing it. I played the original inscription game i haven't played the mod version yeah i kind of want to because i like the the first act in the card game uh, aspect of it uh but i also already deleted it off of my computer before, before the casey's mod came out so i was like oh i don't know if i want to redownload it but my question is do you think this game could come to the switch at all um i i know there has to be some tweaks and stuff because of how the story goes but Casey's mod by itself definitely could be played on a console. Okay. You know, the main game has tweaks that would need to be done to it. Right. But again, there's nothing in there that I don't think the Switch couldn't do. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I try not to get into the spoiler of what happens in Act Three, but uh, but I have I've yeah. thought of how what of what they could do instead on the Switch versus a PC, and I think it can be done. Yes, I think it could. I think it would be cool to be on there. This is all very cryptic. <laughs> if you want details, I, we can talk post show. Yes. Yeah, I don't. I if don't you don't care, that's fine too. Yes. <laughs> uh, that it may be a little of that as well. Uh, so I've been playing uh, Cruise and Blast. Like I picked this game back up uh, over the past week because I was uh, I went on vacation. I was just looking for something light to play. Uh, and got sucked back into it and realized I'd never finished all of the tracks uh, and had still have quite a bit to unlock. And now I am proudly racing as a Triceratops. <laughs> nice. It's amazing. <laughs> yes. I love this game. This game is a there, It's insanity. Uh, and it took a permanent price decrease late last year. So I think it's like $29.99 now right. or 20 bucks. I don't know. I, like I definitely that. think you should play it. Uh, also on uh, on our YouTube channel, and it may be live right now, um, or it may be coming tomorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, I recently got the chance to check out uh, Super Cyborg, which is uh, the code that we were giving away for Twitch subscribers uh, tonight on the show. And if you are a fan of old school Contra games, then you definitely need to kind of keep your eye on this one. Uh, especially, I wanted to say, Especially if you are a fan of uh, from of Contra from the UK, where they changed Contra into uh, Super Probotector, uh, like for the Super Nintendo, where the guys weren't Marines, they were robots. Yeah. Um, this game is about a robot that is sent on a mission to destroy all the aliens. And y'all, the Contra vibes are strong. It is hard. Yes as all get out but it's a great presentation it's a lot of fun to play the controls are super snappy i managed to get uh in the stream or on the video that we did i managed to get to the end of of level three before dying so but it does save your progress as you go so like you start a file and when you start back you're going to start from the stage you were on uh there's a little bit of customization to it as well and i think you can unlock different skins for the robot and do different colors and things, but it's, it's, it's a love letter to, to Contra. And so if you're into that, uh, I definitely think you should check it out. Uh, it's actually going to be available uh, on April fool's day on the switch eShop. So on four one uh, you can go and buy that. And I've also been playing Kirby in the forgotten land. Uh, I finished the main game today. Uh, and I say that, without getting into anything else. I finished the main game. Uh, there is uh, a moment where this game takes a turn. <laughs> and if you finish the game, you'll know what I mean. And when you finish the game, you'll know what I mean. It takes a turn. Uh, and yeah, it was very interesting. I was very satisfied with this game. I'm still really enjoying it. Uh, I love the copyability upgrade feature where you can unlock different levels of those. And by the time you get to like level three of some of them and like the ranger ability at level three is just out of this world. So good. Like I don't want to play as anything else. Uh, building up Waddle D town was, was a lot of fun and it just, 
you know, okay, like without getting into much of it, uh, you know how Super Mario Odyssey, like you, you're going and you're going and you're going and you get to the end and it takes a turn. Yes. Okay, it's kind of like that. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. That's it's just really good. It's looking forward to it. Gorgeous on the switch uh, later levels are just um, the final two like areas are just out of this world. Gorgeous. That carnival area looked bonkers yes. and fun and beautiful. And the music in that. Oh man. Fantastic. There's not like, I cannot think of anything negative about this game. Really? It's I, well I, done. Put together. It's so, like so well far. done. And yeah. the post game content is it's not like some throwaway thing, like a lot of post-game content in games is. Like, you know, you finish it, and it's like, eh, here's an extra little five-minute thing. Right. Nope. Nope. There's a <laughs> whole you'll know, you'll know what I mean when you get there. It's worth it. Justin was asking me earlier today if uh if it was worth him picking up. And I said, Yeah. Uh <laughs> t- Tim, uh I've not been able to experience the co-op. Can you speak to that a little bit for our listeners who I know are going to be asking that question? Like, oh, what's yes. it like to play with a kid? Uh, so my kid is is 13. So it might be different for a lot of our community who's also played co-op with their five, six-year-olds as well, which has been very positive that I've noticed in there too, that everything that I've read when playing co-op with the young kids They've been able to get into the game, grasp it as Waddle D. I think is who you play as a set co-op. Um, and um, that's who Sammy plays. He's been he's been like, I want to do Kirby. And I'm like, but I'm Kirby. This is my game. <laughs> so but now he's been playing and he's been playing his own. So anyways, it's it's fun because, you know, player one is Kirby. Player two is Waddle D. And you both can do pretty much some of the same things uh but it's it's teamwork and it, but you're not fighting either in the co-op uh, on things you're working together whatever you collect it, one person collects the other person gets two uh so it's definitely working together and you're supporting the other player one way or another and it is i i'm enjoying it because i can play with him together as co-op and then I can play solo in the same story and just play by myself. So that's another thing I like about any co-op games like that, where someone like my Sammy can jump in with me at any time when I'm playing this game, or I can jump in on his, you know, and his now game that he started and play co-op. So, and then from what I've read about people in the community, it's really well put together game for kids who are playing for the first time games like this, you know, and, and I think the lowest age I saw was five, maybe four, but uh, if they had a tough time with games before, I think Kirby is Kirby is pretty forgiving. So it's worth a try. And I, all I've seen is positive reactions yeah. to co-op. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, thank you for that insight. Cause it was something I knew I wasn't going to be able to speak to you. Well, guys, that's what we've been playing. Why don't we move into our community spotlight? All right. 
right. So this is where we get to do a quick review of our family of podcasts and what they've been doing. And I will start with Retro Logic. That's our retro community who does their show every week. But this past week, they actually took off. So you still have time to catch up on their latest episode, their last episode, which is episode 75, where they talk about 2022, the year of tactics, their retro rewind reboot on the games they're playing. Um, I'm trying to remember what game it was ended up being. I think it's to- Toe Jam and Earl. I think it ended up being voted on. So, um, and that's the game that they'll be playing. I think starts today, April 1st. So if you're not already following them, you can follow them in their discord, or you can follow their channel in our discord and keep up to date as what's going on with retro rewind and their show. Uh, again, going back to episode 50, uh, excuse me, 75. They also talk about how to find retro shops in, in your area. Uh, Dad's After Dark show, they dropped 96, uh, episode 96, and they talk about what's the sweet spot for a challenge and what happens if a game overshoots it. And also, John talks about his final Elden Ring review. So something to check out on their latest episode. Uh, and don't forget, they are still doing the booty bracket which is in round three and you can go to their Twitter dad's after dark Twitter page uh, and hit the votes if you haven't already. And when you vote, you get a chance to win some eShop cash. So keep that in mind as well. And then last but not least game pass news gents have dropped episode 46. In fact, they were working on episode 47 today. So keep an ear out for that. But on episode 46, they talk about furry controllers because of the Sonic movie two uh, themed Xbox that dropped that last week. I think it was uh, a Ghostbusters multiplayer game. They talk about so many video game TV shows. They also talk about Hogwarts legacy because of the trailer. And they of course talk about games they love that are currently available on Xbox game pass. So with that, that's our family. That's an overview of our family of podcast shows going on right now. Thank you so much, Tim. Uh, Let's get right into uh, some questions from the community here. Bruce Patterson asks us uh, via email, or actually says this, Mr. Al Numa is quoted as saying, as previously announced, the adventure in the sequel, he's talking about Breath of the Wild 2 here, the adventure in the sequel will take place not just on the ground, as in the previous game, but also in the skies above. However, the expanded world goes beyond that. And he says, wait, what? Beyond the ground and sky, other dimensions, back and forward in time, spirits with tracks? Ha, we could go on all night. I am so stoked to play this game. Only one more year. It'll be so worth it. Mercy, may me. I probably butchered that. But anyway, he says, uh, I may like this game more than poutine. Mm. me is friends. Maison French. Thank you, my friends. I know that much, at least. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Any speculation about this? We talked a little bit about Breath of the Wild at the top of the show. Uh, Are we, I mean, or Sky? Anything anything in regards to the dark side of things in this Breath of the Wild world is, I'm already excited about. Because that's one thing I'm looking forward to doing in current Breath of the Wild is getting the dark links 
costume, you know, <laughs> which yeah. you can get in, in a roundabout way that I didn't even know existed until my daughter played it. So um, I'm looking forward to getting that. But if there is anything about a dark yeah. world in Breath of the Wild 2, I think I made awesome. a I think I made a YouTube video of me pulling the Master Sword in the Darkling costume, and it just looked creepy. I think that <laughs> nice. uh, I, my guess is what this is referring to is going back to the original announcement trailer. Link was underground. So I think we might yeah. be getting not just in the sky and, abo- and above ground, but underground as well. Uh, mm. Maybe that leads us uh, back to uh traditional dungeons or something like that i don't know i I can't wait to see how it all comes together for sure yeah uh from our discord chris hl asks uh says this mash up your favorite video game franchise with your favorite film franchise and pitch what the story would be and then he says this one is for uh tim the metroid identity samus aran is trained by a covert cia operation to be an elite assassin, but a failed mission causes Samus to suffer from mild amnesia. She must fight her way through a series of assassins to get to the Metroid overlords and regain her memories. Awesome. So what would you, what's your pick? Your favorite game franchise and favorite film franchise? Uh, yeah, it was, I thought I had one and I forgot what it was. So now I have to rethink of what it was. <laughs> the only thing that I could think about in this is my favorite game franchise is Mario. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it's Mario. My favorite film film franchise is star Wars. Okay. So they've already kind of done it. It's Mario galaxy. Just give me more Mario galaxy and Mario with a lightsaber. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I'm thinking about what would go well with a Dragon Quest series. Uh what movie? Maybe like maybe like something like like the Batman and have some sort of mystery involving slimes. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. Uh I'm gonna go with The Legend of Zelda and the Lord of the Rings. So it'd be the Legend of Zelda rings, I guess. I don't know. One piece, Triforce rings. One pi- like the Triforce piece, one piece to rule them all. Yes. And well, I want Peter a, Jackson it, one piece to direct it. All together. I want Peter Jackson to direct the movie for this too. So. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> that would be so good. And of course it would get expanded to over a trilogy and be four hour, you know, extended oh, sure, of each sure. of those. So, editions, but, right? Yeah. 16 yes. hour movie marathon. Yes. Yep. So, but yes. Uh, do that. Over on our Patreon, uh, Dad's After Dark show comments. Uh, this is not a question. He, they just say, y'all forced to play Bayonetta 3 now. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can pass. Uh, yeah. Bruce also says, I have a big backlog to get through this year and planning to get a PS5 this autumn. Uh, that will add to it. I'm happy they will have it ready and polished in time for the new Switch version. I highly doubt I would upgrade. I'm 95% sure that we'll get a Wind Waker or Twilight Princess ported to the Switch, but not both games. They will tame the Lions. Between those yeah. two, Wind Waker or Twilight Princess, which one do you think is more likely? The, Twilight Princess. Likely be, because both had 
a remaster on Wii U. So it would, I imagine it'd be relatively easy to. That I, I think that's true, but I, I'm with I'm with Tim that I think Twilight Princess is more likely because I, of how much I you would, had to depend on the second screen in Wind Waker. Well, you didn't originally on the GameCube. No, but they made it. Yeah, um, it's so good. It's so. I was good just thinking more of Twilight Princess would maybe tie in more so to Breath of the Wild, to than say, Wind Waker would. I also agree, though, that I think Twilight. If we were going to get one of the two, they'd probably do Twilight Princess, just because we would want the Wind Waker. Yeah, but that would uh, be something if all of a sudden at the end of Breath of the Wild two, uh, it floods. <laughs> there we go. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> Breath of the Wild three. <laughs> Breath of the Wild three. Wind Waker. <laughs> Breath of the Wild three. Twenty thirty. There you uh, go. <laughs> Rudy M follows up with this. He uh, he says, "You guys know the Zelda delay is is to match the release of a new Switch, right?" <laughs> did, right. did you read Simon's post above? No, I'm getting there. Okay, just making sure. I see where you're going. Uh, I'm I'm getting I'm getting there. Um, he says, uh, "Hey, dads, uh, don't really have a question. Just a comment. I'm not really worried." More disappointed by the death, uh, by, by the, de- the death, the delay of Breath the of the Wild death. 2. Wow. Uh, I was really looking forward to this year, but this isn't uh, what happened to the, but isn't this what happened to the first game? And look how that turned out. I'm more than willing to give Nintendo as long as they need to make this game as good as the first. Breath of the Wild 3, or uh, 1, sorry, the first one. <laughs> I was thinking E3. Yes. Is, is what popped in my head. Breath of the Wild got delayed like, three or four times over five years. But think of the reason why they got delayed, right. delayed as well. Right. They fought, so good. Yeah, they got they got into, okay, are we going to release this on the Wii U? We got a Switch coming out or the NX coming out. We need to make it available for that. Yeah. So they had to do all that kind of stuff too, which does lend itself to what Rudy was saying, right? About possibly tying it into a switch pro or switch Two or super switch or whatever you want to call it, whatever that next iteration is that is maybe a slightly little high, uh, more powerful or a whole generation more powerful. Maybe, but I don't want, I wouldn't, to ho- I wouldn't hold your breath. I, I don't want to talk about an iteration again. We've <laughs> been through that all the last year. Yeah, um, let's give it we, a break. Yeah, we speculated yeah, about that a lot before, and I think just because of the the industry it is, as it is today, um, Nintendo's probably not going to be as quick as we thought they would with a new console with a new chip. I, I, I do like Mecca's comment. People got a lot better with delays after Cyberpunk. They're not used to it from Nintendo, though, and that's where I think a lot of people who were disappointed. Were, what Zelda like, game has ever come out when it, when they originally wanted it to? People who aren't used to the Nintendo doing this stuff, <laughs> you know, will be disappointed. You know, so obviously, and plus, I mean, I'll I'll use you as an example, Marty. You were looking forward to these this game and Advance Wars. Two those were two big games. That you were looking forward to that are delayed now, so that and you're not alone. So obviously, there's people who are disappointed and are going to be it's, looking it's for just things. It's time to, to dig that. into my backlog. Really, yeah. it really is. Um, 
Solo something asks us, is the cancellation of E3 going to mean we get more shadow drop mini directs? Uh, shake the mini, the magic eight ball, all signs point to yes. <laughs> we kind of talked about this when we talked about that in the show. Uh, and speaking of talking about it in the show from Twitter, Bruce asks us, uh, at Biz Justin Endads, what are your thoughts on PlayStation Plus? He had so many thoughts, it took him off the show tonight. <laughs> he broke his voice. But he also asked this question for the show, not about Zelda. Have you all seen or watched the Cuphead show? Did you like it? I haven't seen it yet. Do you think that Netflix would make an Among Us show? How would that be? Have you guys seen the Cuphead show? I have. I did. I liked it. I have not. I keep forgetting it's out. It's kind of like the second season of Masters of the Universe Revelations. I haven't seen it yet because I keep forgetting it's there. You need to see it. That's so good. I know. <laughs> I know. There's I so many the things I have to watch. There. I just, all, of, I, all of what you just said is on my list of things to watch. Just Well, let me tell you what we're currently watching on Netflix. And it's the biggest waste of time, but I can't quit watching it. Is this brand new show called Is It Cake? Oh, yeah. I've heard of this. Where they, yep. they bring in these bakers who make realistic cakes, yep. and they have them to decide if it's cake or not. And then if they win, they get to bake, and they have to make a hyper-realistic cake that then they try to fool other people with. All for a chance to win $10,000. That's crazy. Th- that stuff I looks amazing, it. though. That Sometimes stuff I, don't, I just know at the end of it, I want cake. So... <laughs> But it's not it's a good amazing show to what watch. people can do with cake though it's that, crazy it, you're right i might be cake tim you might be cake you just don't even know that justin please don't try cake. to slice me please don't <laughs> that, that's good i'm gonna go home and be like is it cake <laughs> go to the emergency room all right uh, well guys that is all of our uh questions and comments for this week we want to thank you for hanging out with us for episode 369 of the show and as we close out uh, we want to go back to the beginning of the show when Justin said, stick around for a huge announcement about who our guest is going to be on next week's show. And we don't want to leave you disappointed. So we're going to tell you right now, and this is not, when we say this, we realize what tomorrow is as we record this. We want to re- we want you to know that this is not, not an April Fool's joke. These, this guest is real. Actually, it's two guests. Uh, joining us on the show next week will be Kit and Krista from the Kit and Krista podcast. We are so excited to be able to have them. Uh, we reached out to them and they said yes. And so next week on the show, Kit and Krista are going to be joining us to talk all things Nintendo and beyond. And I cannot be more excited. Tim, you okay over there? Okay, I'm fine. All right. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, you know, uh, and we'll talk about this more on the show uh, maybe next week, but there's been a time that we uh, reached out and asked Kit if he would be on the show, or maybe it was Bill Trennan. Uh, I can't remember, but the response was basically, uh, we work for Nintendo, so no. Uh, and I know we, I know we reached out to Bill. I think he's. I don't think he's ever responded, but... Yeah, uh, it was one of them, and it was like, yeah, we'd like to, but. So uh, tune in next week to uh, see us, uh, hopefully some social media graphics. You know Justin is going to be uh, promoting the crap out of this ahead of time. I finished some. I finished some of those. Listen, 
<laughs> as uh, listen, uh, as another one of my favorite podcasts, uh, the uh, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard says, uh, this is not a rib. Uh, it is not a joke. They will be here. Uh, we are going to get to hang out with them next week. So thanks for listening to episode 369 of Nintendo Dads. Uh, we want to thank our Patreon producers, Dave Ernsberger, Antonio Contronio, and Solo Something for backing us there at the producer level. And remember, you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads to become a patron of the show, get access to our Discord, Monthly Mayhem, and so much more. Thanks to our awesome awesome youtube and twitch subscribers over six thousand subscribers each week on or each day on in life at youtube and 12 over 1200 on twitch and 27 of those twitch subscribers get access to our discord communities because they use their twitch prime subscription to uh get access to that remember head over to manscape.com and get 20% off your order by using the code NINDADS. That's N-I-N-D-A-D-S. Also gives you three free shipping. And head over to nintendodads.org for lots more nonsense, just like what you've been listening to. Find us in most places like Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, or YouTube. Just type in Nintendo Dads. We're there. Email us at nintendodads at gmail.com or call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-NDADS. That's 929-256-3237. We want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show and remind you, wherever you listen to this in your audio device of choice or service, please go and give us a five-star review. Write some special, heartfelt, loving words. Tell us how good a job we're doing and help other people find the show. For me, for Tim, for Jesse, and the absent Justin, this has been episode 369 of Nintendo Dads. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Night, peeps. Thank you for listening to Nintendo Dads. I don't know what animal this is or what Pokemon this is.